from days of long ago. From uncharted regions of the universe comes a legend. Star Joe's Podcast, episode 178, The Most Powerful Superheroes. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm Robert. And I'm John. And welcome back, everyone. Uh, sorry we've been away for a little while. Uh, I've been really busy, and then I, because I was really busy, I also got sick, and I am back to full strength, so unfortunately, wasn't in any place sometimes to record a podcast, and also wasn't in any shape to record a podcast and unfortunately, also the videos I fell behind on as well. So I November is a month of getting caught up for me. <laughs> so so I can I can tell people I was talking with John uh, just last night uh, in November. I'm hoping to maybe get three episodes of the podcast out and getting at least five episodes of the YouTube videos out. So it will be a busy month in November, but it's to kind of get caught up on some things. So. Um, but today we're going to be covering uh, a lot of stuff, uh, actually, to I guess to kind of get caught up on things. Uh, we're going to, if you can't tell by the, the title of the show, we're going to be covering uh, the uh, an idea that came out of Entertainment Weekly article that was out there. So I'll go into more into that as we go on, but we're going to talk about superheroes uh, later in the show. We're also going to respond to a few emails we got, but the first thing uh, I thought we we could talk about, or more so John can talk about, is Virginia uh, Comic-Con just happened uh, recently, and uh, uh, from my understanding, John, it was fairly successful, or went pretty well, but uh, why don't you tell everyone kind of what happened, and who was there, and what frivolities occurred? Absolutely. No, it was a tremendous weekend. It was actually last weekend, as a matter of fact, and uh, highest attended show we've ever had, which is always great, you know, as we go... Uh, as we look back, you know, year to year, we continue to see growth. We continue to see new people coming in, which is awesome. But uh, wow, it was a, a mini Star Joe's reunion. We had uh, <laughs> uh, we had some great folks coming in. Um, former 
former guests, uh, Greg Shegel and Brian Shearer were there. Uh, the Philbach brothers, who have become tremendous friends over the last many years, were in town. Uh, Mark Wade, another former guest, was there as well. Nice. Uh, Tom King, who I consider a friend of the podcast, even though he's not been on the show, we should get him sometime because yeah. he loves guy Joe. So you know, he know he's a good guy. Right. But uh, but uh, they were there. Uh, Chris Campbell and uh, Keith Knudsen. I saw both of them. And then uh, I had uh, actually had uh, JP staying with us as well as our friend Andre. Uh, so <laughs> was here. And we had we had just a tremendous weekend. Um, a lot of barbecue because Greg had asked coming in from coming in from the city that uh, could hey could he have barbecue every night? So we took him to barbecue every night. Uh, every we, night. Had dinner, <laughs> we had dinner. We had dinner a couple nights with Brian uh, and and um, and that was great. Uh, we wrapped up the weekend with uh, a, a visit to uh, Mekong, which many of you have heard about previously, and we got a picture of everybody eating there at Mekong except for Shannon, who unfortunately is uh, doing bigger and better things with his wife and, and family uh, uh, out of town right now. So he wasn't able to join us, but uh, yeah, it was just an awesome weekend, and I uh, got some great sketches. I uh, got another uh, community piece, uh, G.I. Jeff piece from greg and a local guy here uh by the name of tim shin who uh who did the he's actually the first vehicle piece in my sketchbook uh he did this awesome vamp with clutch and uh yeah robert i'll send you a picture of it because uh for those of you who don't know tim um he he is a storyboard artist does a lot of uh, different work. I actually met him several years ago here. He's again, he's a Richmond guy now, but he did work with the GI Joe Collectors Club. He did a lot of Renegades uh, design pieces with them. He he's connected to Neil Adams and actually does a lot of coloring with him. Actually, he just announced that he's going to be coloring a uh, a Christmas story that Neil Adams is drawing. So he's going to be coloring that, and it's going to be coming out from DC in in uh, November, December. But uh, yeah, just a and and the best part is he's a huge Joe fan. He's of our vintage, and so he's he's just really into it. And so I, I have had a I had something else from him, but we talked about the vamp piece, and man, he just killed it. So it was awesome. Uh, everybody had a great time. Uh, the creators were all in great spirits. I had a nice nice conversation with Mark Wade for quite a bit. Not necessarily about his time on the show, but he grew up here in Richmond. He talked about it on an episode he was on. And, um, yeah, man, it was awesome. Uh, I'm glad – I was glad to see everybody I got to see. Uh, it's great to have Andre and JP around and, and, and Grub and Ewan made an appearance. They were there one day. And, uh, yeah, I just uh, – man, I love doing what I do with Virginia Con in terms of I am the liaison, guest liaison, travel coordinator, and food guy. <laughs> and I go get I get I go get all the green room food and yeah. you know, try and take care of these guys from out of town these creators from out of town and I really I enjoy doing that for a few days. Being a guest at other places and going around and hanging out is one thing, but I really get a kick out of doing it here and 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 we just get we get great feedback from the creators when they come and so you know want to make sure they have as great experience as they can so that they'll tell their friends to come in the future but uh yeah it was a, a great weekend all around and looking forward to uh looking forward to next year already nice nice very cool yeah i i, I think it's almost going to become a running uh thing on the show that we have to mention andre's name almost every episode now <laughs> obligatory uh, i will say I, I wish andre posted more on social because he got some 
friggin' banana sketches. He's got a he's got a GI Joe book and a Guardians of the Galaxy book. Nice. Both of them, he got just some tremendous pieces in. JP got some really nice stuff uh, when he was here as well. And, and again, like I said, I got to it was it was funny because I was driving over the weekend at one point in the van. I had taken him back to the train station. I had Greg and Tom King, uh, Jeff Vaughn or JC Vaughn, who's the uh, uh, Vice President of Publishing at Gemstone, guy by the name of Vince Spencer who works with them on a, uh, who was an artist on a book called Zombie Proof. Uh, yeah, it, it's kind of crazy to be driving these people and hear these stories and, nice. you know, kind of see what's going on. Uh, and, and, you know, looking at somebody like Tom, who we've known for a long time, who now has a line everywhere he goes because he's writing Batman. But, oh, by the way, let's sit down and look at our, let's look at my Joe sketchbook. Let's talk about G.I. Joe for a while. Uh, you know, he, again, it's, as you've said before, Ryan, what, all this, all these experiences we have, while they seem normal, they're really not. No, <laughs> they're, they're, but they're so much fun. And, and as I was telling, I was telling uh, my wife, I said, you know, now we're at a point where we have so many, we know so many different people in this world. It's only, it's hard to try to get to see everybody. Yeah, you know, when comes to a show, and so it's, oh, let's see this person over here, and let's see this person over here. So it was great that the last night. Uh, the Sunday night after the show was over, I dropped creators off the train. Like I said, we ended up having dinner at Mekong with Brian and, uh, and, and the Philbot brothers and, you know, and both my boys came in. For those of you who, Robert, I know you've met Daniel way back Mm -hmm. when. Daniel doesn't go to shows anymore. He went to both days because he hung out with, he hung out with Greg and the Philbox and it was, he had a, he had a great time. So he survived. (laughs) <laughs> oh, he, he he survived, and I'm sure he's ready for more for next time we see him. So, yeah, it was it was man, that's I, awesome. Yeah, uh, it was. It, it's always short. It always seems too short. Of course, from my work work, I'm glad that it's over because I don't have to deal with all the shenanigans behind the scenes. But uh, yeah. it was it was it was a really great weekend, and appreciate everybody that. And we may pick up some listeners from it. Gave out some cards. A couple people. Cool. Somebody saw my shirt and they thought it said Star Jones. That was funny. <laughs> not that was an entertaining conversation. Trying to explain. Not even close, brother. But uh, anyway. So well, yeah, I will. I, I will say the first time we posted on the old forums, and I was getting the show, you know, kind of putting the show out there, and I was on the Comic Geek Speak forums, uh, like on their actual forums, even though we were like a subsection of their forum. Um, when I was like commenting and telling people about the show and everything else, I had so many people that were like, I, when I first read that or heard the name, I thought it was star Jones. And I was like, yeah, no, uh, <laughs> <I was like, laughs> if someone, if someone's doing a podcast about her, I would be amazed. So <laughs> that's, that's fandom to an nth degree that I can't even imagine. Um, yeah, and like you were saying, John, like, uh, you know, we've, we've been fortunate to meet all these people, like, both creators and just, you know, fans and, and everything else. Like, I hope, like, I know it's going to happen, and I'm sure maybe it has happened already. I'm just not aware of it because I'm uh, very oblivious to this type of thing. Um, I hope I never slight somebody just because it's like trying to take in so many people and, and enjoy everyone's company that... You know, someone feels like I ignored them or something like that, or you ignored them, or you know, like I hope that never happens. And if it does happen, it's certainly never intentional. Um, it's just it's awesome to get to know so many people and be friends with so many people and stuff like that. So, um, 
that that's awesome, man. I I hope I can make it out there one of these days because uh, it's not that far of a drive for me at all. Um, so I, I definitely need to make it a point to come down there sometime. So it's it's great because we are a comic book focused show. Yeah, being local. And what was great was with this this year was our 30th anniversary show. We had no media guests, and again, we had the highest attendance we've ever had. Uh, we had some really, I mean, beyond. The folks I mentioned, we also had Howard Chaikin. He was an entertaining conversation, to say the least. Um, <laughs> you know, and 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 just you know, a lot of great creators, a lot of dealers, uh, a lot of great comic book dealers, and you could, you know, people were buying comics and they were buying yeah. comic related stuff. And as we've talked about, you know, sometimes you don't necessarily see that at shows. And so, right. again, I, I can't I can't speak highly enough of. Uh, having been around this show for a long time, it's where I met Robert. Uh, gosh, seven years ago, we no, met at that show. So long. Yeah, it's been so long, and of course, everybody sees the boys and they flip out when they're as tall as they are, if not taller. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, as we've said they they've seen these guys, they've seen these boys grow up, and and obviously, you know, my relationship with the show has changed and grown, and and, and man, I just. I love it. And as I always say, it's comics, man. It's yeah. great stuff. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and that's like, uh, speaking of comics, I had Travis reach out to me just today, and he was just like, um, and that's our, our good buddy Travis, who's Uncle T-Bag, has been on the show many times. He uh, he does a lot of the binding stuff. Well, because he does that, sometimes he'll buy collections where he gets some duplicates of stuff he already had, but he needs like a few issues from the collection someone's selling, and he could get it at a good price. So he did that with some JLA stuff and some Firestorm stuff. So he reached out to me today and was like, um, hey, I'm, I have all these duplicates. I know last time you, you uh, took some of my ROM duplicates. Do you have any interest in Firestorm or JLA? And I said, well, actually, I, I said my Firestorm series that I had, I, uh, I think I sold it, it to Chuck a little while back. And it's not something I need in my collection, but if it comes out in trade format, which I'm hoping one day it will, I would definitely get it in that format. Um, when it came to JLA, I was like, I pretty much have everything in JLA that, that I want. Um, but he goes, all right. He says, no problem. He says, I just wanted to ask before I list it because he says, you're the only one that I really know that likes comics to the same degree that like of the older stuff and everything else he says where you you know the you know the the series and the creators and the the same stuff that i like and everything else and i was like well that's pretty cool i was like yeah anytime you have older like i've been getting into a lot of older stuff now too um keeping up with the modern day stuff but getting into the older stuff which also reminds me robert one series that I got caught up on, and I highly recommend it for you. You were asking me about DC Comics uh, previously. Yeah. Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps is phenomenal. Okay, because I, I have been wanting to jump back on Green Lantern, but I had no idea. Because at, at one time, they were running two or three, at least, yeah. you know, different various titles. And yeah. and I wasn't ever like a, an enormous fan of whoever the creative team was on. It's not that I didn't like their work, but yeah. it just wasn't going to compel me to go out and find that on a monthly basis but i definitely that's good to know yeah this was um so right now they just have two green lantern titles which i shouldn't say only because it's amazing that they even have two going yeah um, really <laughs> there's a there was a time they didn't have one going so right that's true <laughs> but um they uh so they've done hal jordan and the green lantern Corps, and they've done green lanterns i'm be- i'm a little bit behind on green lanterns but from what i've heard it's it's okay <laughs> it's not great but it's got really good art 
Um, whereas Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps, reminds me of the Jeff Johns level stuff. Uh, it's Venditti writing it, and Sandoval is drawing it. And oh, I love his stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's beautiful. the The page layouts are gorgeous. It's very high scale, epic level battles going on because it's it's the Green Lantern Corps versus the Sinestro Corps. So, um, yeah. So it's like I just read issue seven today, uh, and I was like blown away. I was like, this is just awesome. So, uh, so I definitely recommend that series. I will say there's some things that they refer to from the new 52 and, and things from like some of the mini series that happened right before the rebirth launch, but they totally bring you up to speed on everything. Like all you pretty much need to know is that the green lantern Corps disappeared for a little while into an alternate universe. So everyone thought they were gone and the Sinestro Corps took over monitoring the universe. That's pretty. Oh, okay. That's pretty much all you need to know. Hal Jordan was still around and yeah. stuff like that, but the rest of the Green Lantern Corps had disappeared. And like I said, they do a pretty good job of bringing you up to speed. But man, issue seven was Hal versus Sinestro, and <laughs> so need I say more at that point? <laughs> yeah, no, I'll definitely have to check that out. Like I've been wanting for it to kind of get back to that vibe. There was like a. Yeah five or six year run with Jeff Johns on it. That was just phenomenal. It's what yeah. got me back into DC comics, that run alone. And, um, and I've been kind of waiting for it to get back to that. It, it, I mean, not that I had anything against where it went. I kind of dropped sure. off after blackest night. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people did. So, yeah, but they, uh, yeah, I actually posted, uh, so star Joe's, as I mentioned last time we have, we're on Instagram, but I wasn't doing anything with Instagram. Well, then everyone started following it. So I was like, I better do something with it. So, so what I'm actually doing on Instagram is I'm actually posting uh, pictures of the comic issue that I'm reading as at the time that I just finished reading it, and I give a oh, cool. very short summary of what I thought of it and uh, a brief and just a quick rating of it. Uh, so, and that tags that also copies over to the Twitter account. So basically, if you're following us on yeah, Twitter, nice. then you're gonna be up to date on everything that's happening for the most part on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram when it comes to Star Joe's, which is pretty cool. Well, yeah. because I posted something about how during the Green Lantern Corps, and I actually took a picture of one of the pages because the art was just amazing. Um, and I commented, I was like, if you can't look at this image of Hal Jordan and not think that he's the coolest Green Lantern ever, then there's something wrong with you. And, <laughs> and Venditti saw it on Twitter and replied to it and said, like, yeah, I agree, Hal's awesome. And uh -huh. so then I told him I loved what he's doing with the series, you know, like, it's very epic level, and, and I'm just loving it. And he goes, he goes, thanks, we'll try to keep up the good work for you. So that was really cool. cool. Yeah. So um, speaking of cons, we did get a couple of, or get a, did get a few emails from some listeners, and one of them has to do with conventions. It has to do with our con etiquette episode, John, that, that you and I did. So uh, it's from Scott, uh, who used to go by True Dead Man. He still puts at the end of his email, a.k.a. True Dead Man. <laughs> so, uh, so let me read it. It's a bit of a longer email, so I, uh, feel free to jump in at any point with anything that I'm reading here. So uh, he says, hey, gang, just wanted to give you some feedback regarding con etiquette that you gave in your pre-Baltimore episode. I do know it, it is getting late in the con season, but this is something that I witnessed at New York Comic Con this past weekend, and I didn't remember it being in the episode. If it was, my apologies. Um, 
these things occurred with cosplay guests at the show, but it holds true for any guest at any con. He said, first, a quick setup. There were several cosplay guests in various booths at the show. Some were there just in in booth without their uh, without other product to promote. Some were there to attract attention to specific booths. I know the later worked because uh, I did buy some stuff from one of the booths that sponsored three cosplayers. So now to the issues. Most of the lady cosplayers I saw at the show are people I've known and seen at shows for a number of years. As such, I do tend to chat with them a bit and catch up on life on both sides of the table. Most of them I'd consider friends, even though we only see each other once a year, if at all. No problem there, because we see each other once a year at a con, and we're friends. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, And then, let's see. Uh, there was one younger guy in his own costume wanting to get pics with the lovely ladies. Who can blame him? However, he constantly walked up while the ladies were mid-conversation with someone, tapped them on the shoulder, and asked, can I get your picture with you? Yes, it was. He, he put it all as one word. He goes, <laughs> yes, it was that fast, and it wasn't always when I uh, and it wasn't always when I was chatting. He repeated it a few times on a few ladies, some of whom took the pic with him, thanked him, and went back to the conversation. I assume to be nice, give a fan what he wanted, and let him bug off. One lady said, sure, but you have to wait in the line that these people are in because they've been waiting a while to talk and see me too all pleasantly said with a genuine tone. Not nasty or anything, just uh, this is how this works, please, uh, type of thing. So my advice for anyone wanting a pick with anyone at a booth, please, if they are talking to someone, wait your turn or politely ask if there is a line at the booth. In my experience, if there is no line and they are just chatting with a friend, that conversation will stop and the people will do business with the new person at the table. Give them the attention they deserve and continue the friend conversation later. Also, if they don't charge for picks, almost no, cos- no cosplayer does, they do sometimes have a tip for picks cup on the table. Throw a few bucks or a buck if that's all you got in the cup. They are there on business after all, as much as as much fun as it may be. No sales means they may not be able to come back in the future. So that was his first issue, so I don't know if you guys want to... I think that's a good, yeah, that's a good assessment. I mean, um, if I'm chatting with somebody behind the table, then I certainly don't mind being interrupted. If I'm talking to somebody that is a friend or a customer, you know, across the table, then yeah, I mean, you maybe listen in on the conversation a bit to kind of see if we're just palling around or if it's like, it's a transaction. And, uh, and the, the people I really appreciate are those that respect that conversation and don't try to, you know, just break in and get their stuff done and move on. Um, that said, there are times where I wish people would have, like, interrupted me or come and said, hey, when, um, like, Brian Perillo from the Uncanny X cast yeah. came by my table at New York Comic Con, and I just didn't see him, and I found out later, and he's like, oh, I didn't want to interrupt you talking to somebody, and then he took off, and I never saw him again. And I was like, oh, my gosh, dude, like, <laughs> I wish you would have just said, you just popped in real quick. Hey, Roberts, Brian Perillo from the KX cast. Then, you know, if it's somebody that's going to be that we have had a relation, you know, talked online and just really hung out or um, something like that. And this is our only chance to meet each other face to face. Then, yes, please interrupt for just a second. We'll yeah. say, hey, 
And if you want, if you have time to stick around, then I'll finish whatever transaction I'm doing or whoever I'm talking to, and then uh, and then we can chat. Yeah. Uh, or if that's all you have is that couple seconds to say hey, so we could actually meet each other, then by all means do that and go. And it's not, you know, it's not. I would rather that happen than miss out on a chance to see somebody I've gotten to know or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, but all, that's all super good advice in his letter, yeah. Absolutely. So he also gave a second issue uh, to the, the same situation. He says, second issue, some people are cool with hugs, some are not. Remember everyone's personal space. Never immediately go in for a hug as soon as you get uh, to the table. It puts uh, the person in an awkward and sometimes quite uncomfortable position, especially if other previously given advice has not been followed. If the guest in question wants a hug with you, they'll initiate it. Trust me, it does happen. See uh, Shannon and Mr. Gar- uh, Mr. Garcia Lopez. So, <laughs> I think uh, that's probably an example of what not to do. Right. I think Shannon, I don't think Mr. Garcia Lopez was asking for the hug. <laughs> but <laughs> He's worried he had a new stalker. But I think no, no, no. But let, let's be clear. Shannon asked because he does. He Garcia does. Lopez was sitting down drawing. Yes. And English is not his first language. Right. <laughs> Shannon asked very politely to his handler, hey, it's originally, hey, it's my birthday. Right. And the one thing <laughs> I'd like to get today, other than buying this artwork from him, is a hug from Mr. Garcia Lopez, if he's okay with that. And he explained what it was, and he did it very, you know, yeah. wolf, you know, he yeah. did it with no problem, and, and we all laugh about it now. But Yeah, no, yeah, he, he yeah, does, yeah. and actually Garcia Lopez gets a kick out of it now. So yeah. like, <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, he says, most of these ladies that I know almost always give me a hug when I leave the table or the show if I stop back and say goodbye to them. Uh, be cool. Give them their space. If you get a hug, cool. If not, don't hold it against them or get mad about it. It's just human nature. And I think the big thing for him is the fact that he, like he says, he's gotten to know these people. So to them, yeah. they consider him a friend. Relationship, yeah. Yeah. Um, I give hugs to a lot of the guys I get to see just once a year at the convention. Cause it's like, they're my friends. I, you know, it's like, I don't get to see them very often. Um, so that's all he says. So that's all I had to add again. While I saw these two, uh, acts occur with cosplayers, it does apply to all guests. Thanks for the great show as always Scott, AKA to true dead man. So, yeah, I think the only time I did something like that and regretted it was I, I uh, went up and hugged uh, that Tarzan guy and slapped him on the butt. And he <laughs> pulled a knife on me. I don't know where the knife came from, but he, he pulled a knife on me, and things got dangerous. Uh, we missed Tarzan, man. We haven't I seen know. him in a while. I made the mistake of hugging a Cubs fan, and then they won the World Series. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the next email came from Kyle, uh, and he said, Hi, I recently discovered your podcast and have really enjoyed it. I wonder if you could answer a question for me. Will this upcoming Joe series, Spinning Out of Revolution, the Revolution event at IDW, be related to the current IDW continuity, or is it new? Thanks. Kyle in Seattle, Washington. So, first off, thanks for finding the show. <laughs> yeah, very cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like we've said many times, you never know when uh, episodes going to be someone's first show checking us out and finding us, and that there's people still finding us, which blows my mind. Right. Um, uh, I think I might be the only one that can answer this. Do you are you guys familiar with what's going on with Joe Universe? Or I, I, I guess my question would be what 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 uh what timeline or what 
universe is he talking about? Because if it's Real American Hero in the Homiverse, no, that's still its own. But, you know, I, I don't know because what is IDW doing with this now? You've had so many iterations of this thing. I think the last one being what Karen Travis has run. Yeah. This 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 revolution has nothing with Aubrey Sitterson writing now. That really has nothing to do with that, right? Uh, actually, no. Other, uh, well, so I think no, which it has one? been. No, yes, it does. It, or no, it, it has doesn't. been a through running IDW continuity. Correct. But it's just with varying kind of interpretations. But it's not to say that those events didn't happen. Right. Revolution very much takes into account uh, what happened at the end of Cobra Civil War and. Um, and and even it's even more recent developments. And oh, okay, all right, that's all. Well, you're you're towing the company line, and I appreciate that. <laughs> but you cannot tell me what you did with your design of Crate Commander and all that stuff. It happened, dude. None none of that stuff has meant anything going forward. So you can they can say it's all tied together. That is bullshit. It's bullshit because. No, have you ever seen Craig Commander again? No, we haven't seen Cobra Commander with the books I was reading. He disappeared. Never saw him again. And 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 that's crazy. And so now all of a sudden you're saying, well, not you, but we're saying, oh, well, here's a new one with new designs, and we get rock and roll looking like uh, one of the Scooby Doo zombie guys and all that shenanigans. <laughs> you're telling me this is all loosely affiliated? I don't buy it. I don't buy it. That's, John's it's, angry. It's another. It's another no. It's just, it's another iteration, and it makes me tired. I'm sorry. I, just, oh, you know, I, I think, I, I I think John's be, sentiments are very common. Oh no, I agree. I fan, agree. Fan base oh, that listen, buying comics. So, yeah. So I I, I I got several sketches last week, and and it was interesting because I have a sketch of the original version of IDW's version of Cobra Commander in the suit with the helmet yeah. that had the fangs that. As I explained to somebody who's looking at it, it's going, this sketch is great. And I'm going, oh, yeah, and this is the version of Cobra Commander got his brains blown out by Chuckles in Cobra. And they're like, what? I said, oh, yeah, it's this crazy oh, yeah, adult. spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's this crazy series where Chuckles is a badass, and he kills his girlfriend. And then, oh, by the way, he turns around twice, puts a gun to Cobra Commander's head, blows his brains out, kill, you know, gets blown up in a nuclear explosion. And none of that stuff means anything anymore because Crate Commander killed the most people to became, be named the next Cobra Commander, and I don't know where the hell he is. I don't know what happened to the poor Cobra soldiers that are stuck on the moon that you worked on. <laughs> none of that stuff means anything. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean and – then, and then Hashtag, even though I hated her, Hashtag's probably dead. And, and, they, and that, that whole story that Paul Aller worked on that I like, that whole thing about the Cobras, you know, Cobra, like, uh, working with the, you know, nurturing the Cobra youth. Yeah, and the, yeah. the kid told his mother, if you come back, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. That stuff was great. And it's all gone. And it's all gone. And now I've got, I got Scooby Doo Apocalypse Rock and Roll <laughs> and, and, like, Quick Kick wearing clothes. And I don't know. Okay. Don't tell me it's all connected because that's bullshit. Just put it in. Put it, just call it the IDW GI Joe, and be done with it, and move on to the next thing. So, so um, Kyle, does that answer your question? So, I'm going to answer Kyle's question for, <laughs> from a different perspective because um, I completely, hundred percent, disagree with you, John. Um, Fair enough. It 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 is it's supposed to all loosely be connected to each other. To Robert's point earlier, um, you don't have to like all the things that they did, but. It is all loosely connected. I understand we haven't seen Crate Cobra Commander and things like that in a while, but it is supposed to all be part of. And he does mention the IDW continuity, so he's not talking about a real American hero. Um, so it is supposed to, from everything I've read in Revolution, 
um, the Revolution storyline. Uh, it is tied into that past continuity of IDW because they do mention Mainframe and and Scarlet having a romance. They do mention Joe Colton uh, being you know being brought in like he was brought in for the team and everything else. So there is a lot of references. You know, GI Joe is has been dismantled basically for the most part because of what Cobra did taking over uh, yeah. everything. So. Uh, and what Revolution does is Revolution, part of Revolution is it reinstates G.I. Joe. In fact, I will say, and, and I agree with you, John, on the things I'm seeing for the new Joe comic, I'm not that thrilled about. But to give IDW some credit, the what they're doing with G.I. Joe in the actual Revolution event has been awesome. Um, the actual Revolution title is doing... I think it's been actually really great, and Joe, GI Joe, is actually looks really good as far as how they're characterizing the the characters, how they're making the characters look. Um, I think the art in the main series has been fantastic. Um, I reading it, it makes me sad for what I know is about to come <laughs> because, <laughs> because I think what if they were to continue doing what they're doing in Revolution in the new Joe title. Um, I could be very excited about it, but to your point, I don't really like the design of some of the characters that they're doing. Um, story-wise, I don't know. Like I said, story-wise, when it comes to the writer, I thought his G.I. Joe Street Fighter was just okay, but at the same time, maybe his hands were strapped a little bit as far as what he could do with that story because you got two licensed properties having to come together, so... Um, I'm going to give him benefit of the doubt. I'm a story guy, so I'm more interested in how the story goes than I am in the art. I'm not impressed with the art, but, you know, we'll kind of see where it goes. Um, I will, like I said, I do want to give them a thumbs up. I do have a thumbs up for what they're doing with G.I. Joe in the, at least the Revolution series. And, um, and, and Colin Bunn is writing that series, right? Correct. Correct. See, and again, I've, I've said before, having met Colin and <clears throat> talked to him, he likes Joe. He's yeah. a fan of G.I. Joe. And, and it doesn't surprise me that he's writing it well. Yeah, I, I, You can say all these things are loosely affiliated, and that's fine. <laughs> but the bottom line is the Cobra soldiers are still stuck on the moon. <laughs> they, are. they are. They are. Crate Commander is missing in action because I liked the whole idea of how you got a new Cobra Commander, even though I really liked that that, that other GI, that other Cobra Commander design was awesome. Yeah. And, Robert, your Crate Commander design was awesome. Yeah. It's gone. It's gone, yeah. and so if he shows up now under Aubrey Sitterson's purview, great. Yeah. But don't you know? I I just I get that in in a bigger picture, these things are loosely tied. You keep using the term loosely. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. That's well. And I say it, the only reason I say well, I was going to say the only reason I say loosely is because there has been they have like altered the direction of where they were going with Joe each time. But as far as the actual yeah. continuity of like what's happened to characters and everything else. None of that has honestly changed. There was only one time where I saw something where I felt like the continuity was thrown off, and that's because Crocmaster in one series was killed, and then we right. saw Crocmaster later, but Crocmaster wears a mask. It could be a whole new Crocmaster. I don't know. Crocmaster 2, they, version but, 2. Right. But do they even <laughs> use the same characters book to book? I, and I will, I will fully admit, I stopped reading the IDW line after Paul Allor and... Uh, that, that that run, the yeah. hashtag and, yeah. and that line, I gave up. I didn't read Karen Travis's run at all. So I have no frame of reference beyond that. I will say so for, again, do they even use the same people from book to book? 
They to do. know that their timelines are the yeah, same. Yeah, they, they do. And I will say that if you liked what they were doing with the Cobra Youth, kind of like the Hitler Youth thing. And I did. I did very you much. You might like Karen Travis's run because she continued with that kid. Like, she followed his story, uh, was one of the subplots going on through her run. Uh, and I thought they she did that really well. It's a shame that her run actually got cut short because I was actually really enjoying it. And that was what seven issues? Yeah, seven eight issues, and then they cut it yeah. short because it wasn't selling. And and I'm like, it was a I will admit it was a slow burn type story, but it was a good slow burn uh, type of story. So, um, damn it, Mike Costa, why IDW? If you're listening, why will you not put that guy back on Cobra? That book should have never been canceled. It's shenanigans. And I talked to multiple people last weekend about that very thing, and we all said the same thing is why did that book ever end? Because it was so well done, and again, you could have had that as your IDW continuity, maybe an adult book that was very compelling and and had some great stuff going on in it. Just keep that and have have Larry and Shannon doing – the real American hero stuff and have that be your, have that be your other book. Yeah. I'm just saying. And Robert, I didn't mean to, just, I, Robert, I didn't mean to cut I, you I off. Did you have something to say there? Um, I, I think it was just, G.I. Joe is basically a combination of both, both of what you guys said. Like everything that's been in it is canon. You know, it happened. They acknowledge it happened, but they, at from, from one storyline or one creator to the next, it could be ignored. You know, certain aspects can be ignored, but they're not, like, denied that it ever happened. Right. So I agree that um, it's been hard to follow because they've reset it or relaunched it so many times. Yeah. That that's the general consensus across Joe fans that read the comics is they have no idea where to start. And even if I was trying to give somebody an idea of when back when I started, back in 2009, on the book, like... Uh, you know, there's a volume one and then a volume two and then, uh, you know, the Snake Eyes Storm Shadow. And it started out just as Snake Eyes and then it became Snake Eyes Storm Shadow. It's just their numbering system isn't incredibly clear. And if you're just trying to pick stuff up off the shelf, it's really it is difficult. And they can't do anything to change that. What's happened? I mean, I really wish they could move forward. But even if we started you know, they're going to start J.I. Joe with a number one again. It's just going to feel like more of the same at this point. So I, just, I don't know what the answer is. I, I know what direction I've heard from most Joe fans that they would like to see it go. And it's along the lines of what John's saying. Yeah. And, um, and you know, like every comic that's going to last 50 plus issues, it's going to have dips. Like some, some story arcs just don't hit the mark while others really do. And it's when you stick to something and keep pushing through and then you can make some of the misses. Like, you can touch on it later, or you can give it some more flavor through other story arcs, and then you don't remember it so poorly. You know, it's yeah. like... It, 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 I, I'm glad you say that, Robert. It would be interesting if they had just maintained the numbering yeah. and said, okay, so when you were working with Chuck Dixon, and that, yeah. you know, you and Shannon both working, like, way back in 09, 08, whenever it was, and just say, okay, that's issue one, and it goes, and, you know, they'd be on issue what? Well, that's eight years ago, so you're talking like in the 90s now, realistically. Yeah. I mean, if you just kind of said, or, or if you stopped and then, okay, uh, Fred Van Lini's coming in and he's got this story and it's issue 50 or whatever it is, I, right. I, 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 you know, look, we're not solving world hunger here, unfortunately. I, I, I do, I am curious, and, and Ryan, I'm guessing you're the guy to answer this for mm-hmm. me, because I read a few issues of the, the, 
that Joe Danger Girl book, yeah. which was fun, and yeah. it, that's like a real American hero kind of thing. That was traded, correct? Correct. Yeah. There's so a that trade and there's nothing. a hardcover, yeah. So there's nothing – that one, when they put out these IDW editions, that run has nothing to do with anything else. No, that so one if I'm talking element, if, yeah. So if you're talking to a fan of Real American Hero or somebody that hadn't read G.I. Joe before, that would be one I'd say, oh, and read something cool or, hey, you like Danger Girl, check this out. This yeah. is fun. It, it's a fun read. The art's cool. The story's good. Read this. Oh, you want to read? And again, as I tell people, you know, hey, you like GI? If you wanted to read GI Joe, or you like espionage book? Read this Cobra thing, yeah. and you read it. This and the, and here's the here's the path to follow to read all of them and get this amazing story. Because, like I said, I was telling people at the show last weekend when they're asking about that Cobra costume, yeah. and I'm like, oh yeah, you know, Cobra and Chuckles kill Cobra Commander. They're like, what? Yeah. Like, oh yeah, man, you got to read this stuff. It's it's amazing. So it here's a really. Yeah, and, and this will actually this will help you with with some people if you're talking to them, and it'll help some of our listeners that are unsure too. And this goes to what Robert was saying as far as it was just confusing because they were doing these relaunches, 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 and it's hard to figure out the numbering and when do you read stuff and everything else. So um, if someone's jumping, wanting to jump into the IDW continuity from like the beginning. Uh, one thing you can do, and we've kind of talked about it on the show once before, if if you like getting hard covers and you don't mind the price for the hard covers, it, IDW actually does a really fair job with their hard covers. Their prices are very reasonable. Uh, in fact, you can get them on Amazon uh, for like thirty bucks instead of the cover price of like fifty bucks. Yeah, you can find them cheaper other places. Yeah. 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 So you can. I would recommend getting the IDW continuity hard covers that they've been doing. Uh, like they're gray for GI Joe, they're like a gray, yeah, a little bit oversized, you know, bigger than a regular yes. trade or hardcover. Um, but the production quality is fantastic. You can get them for thirty, uh, either through like in stock trades or Amazon. Um, so there's cheaper options, and it's yep. the best way to collect it because it's everything in continuity all together. Yep, it's it's done in a reading order, so you wanna you can get the first one and read. There's six of them out so far. Um, yeah. and uh, it it goes from beginning to end. Now, if someone wants to read just what John's talking about with Chuckles, there is also a hardcover. I don't think there's a trade paperback edition of it yet, but there is a hardcover version called Last Laugh. Uh, it's, uh, I think it's, let me see, I have it on my show. It's called Cobra Last Laugh, and it collects just that story that John's talking about. Uh, again, it's a hardcover edition, so it's a little oversized. It's about the same price that we were just talking about, uh, but it collects that entire story from beginning to end, and it's phenomenal. Even though that story is collected in those IDW hardcover editions I was talking about, so you will still get that story in those if you collect that whole series. Um, yeah, but it's all spread out that way. It's spread out that way. I got the one that is, I got the hardcover separate of the last laugh because I love that story so much. That is my favorite GI Joe story of all time. So I wanted to have that in a hardcover edition. <laughs> so, uh, so you can get that too. If you just want to read that one story, uh, which I highly recommend, uh, you can get the hardcover just for that. So, um, but to answer Kyle's question, yes, it, it is related to the IDW continuity. So, <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. It was in a novel. You gotta read the book. <laughs> so then we got two emails from uh, our good buddy, Mr. Jason Adams. Oh boy. <laughs> so, so he says, "Stay, uh, say, star bitches." 
I uh, hope this email finds you healthy and fully recovered from seeing tons of sexy zombie cheerleaders over Halloween. <laughs> wow. He lives in Texas, right? Is right. that where they all live? Yes. Yeah, okay. evidently. Uh, he, dress up down there, yeah. <laughs> he says, as a youth, I always liked the G.I. Joe characters that looked like they were real military. Barbecue and sci-fi, though cool, didn't uh, just didn't look like the real deal. Leatherneck, Shipwreck, Dusty, Footloose, Heavy Metal, and Falcon were some of the characters that looked real to me. Can you guys think of anyone that I'm leaving off the list? Uh, I wanted. I want to also take the time to wish you guys a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. With the regularity <laughs> that shows are coming out now, this may be the last oh, one of the year. <laughs> he goes, anywho, I love you bitches hard. Thank you, Jason Adams. Uh, okay. Cool, yeah. Um well, okay, we're gonna go original thirteen, right? I mean, if he, sure. if he wants, he wants military. Yeah, you got Breaker, you got Zap, you got uh, um, uh, Rock and Roll. Yeah. They all look like real military yep. to me, or that original, you yeah, know, those grunt. original green, just kind of green uniforms. I think uh, got Grunt. You got uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, some that, that original. You know, really, Snake Eyes and Scarlet don't look right. No, not really. Everyone else does, yeah. But but he also kind of does. There's quite a few that do, like Ripcord. I mean, yeah. um, You've got uh, Flint. Even what did he he say? um, (laughs) Oh yeah, Flint for sure. I mean, Stalker, the and uh, and and Hawk and uh, Beachhead. Yeah, Yeah, Beachhead. Um, Yeah, yes, I was thinking. Who's the Who's the one that's he's like. But, he's like kind of like Beachhead, but he's blue, like blue camo. Oh, the same hat as Gung Ho. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, I can't remember his name off. off yeah, side. I can't either. Uh, but yeah, uh, Tunnel Rat looks like a real military person. Um, oh, got, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, we can go on and on. There is a lot of them out I, there. I think. I think. Yeah. I think. I think you have to go further. The further you go in the line, the yeah. more silly the, some of the out the costumes get, and the you know the outfits get. Doctor Mindbender. Yeah. Well, of course. But <laughs> well, yeah, it's so uh, military. Law, and it's favorite. Law looks but exactly if you look like at it, especially if you go to that original run, which that's what I was collecting as you yeah. know, my age. You know, I was going after those, and pretty much everybody's in some kind of green fatigues. Yeah. Other than other than really, you know, the original Snake Eyes or Scarlet. Everybody it's not else. All- Standard but, issue, like it's but, variations of a theme. Sure, but it's, sure. Uh, yeah, but I mean, they're, they definitely but look more military you, than they look. You crazy. can't get any more plain than Grunt. I mean, he had right. an M16 and yeah, a, he was definitely. a helmet. I mean, that was yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, but yeah, you got uh, Grand Slam. Uh, I think, yeah, I would say like like Bazooka, definitely not. No. You know, there's some that that went, <laughs> you know, took a kind of took a theme to their uniform and became less of a uniform yeah. and more just. You I mean, know, I would quick, even. I mean, quick, didn't even have a shirt on. <laughs> I would even say, um, not that he looks very military, but he does look at least real. Was Alpine? I mean, he looks like something. Yeah, I was just sure. thinking about him. Yeah, he looks like he, a climber I mean, at he, least. Well, and, you've got and like a torpedo, sp- of course. I mean, Robert. Well, I was, yeah, but <laughs> hey, that's what I'm talking about. So, I, there's a you know, like uh, dependent on their arm of branch in the military or what they do. There were some that looked very specific with it, like Ace and Torpedo, and yeah. You know those, uh, you know Dusty or whoever. Like when they're wearing a very specific thing, like yeah. the, Wild Bill, like the original, the original, original Shipwreck too. I mean, you know he that's oh Shipwreck, yeah for sure. Well, other than 
the like power gun he had. But well, you know. to your point, Robert, with uh, Wild Bill, you take the hat off. He pretty much does look like a helicopter pilot. So I mean, yeah. um, did we mention Roadblock? Like Roadblock looks version one at least in, looks in very orange cool. pants and a camo top, <laughs> tank top. Yeah, why not? <laughs> oh, Sergeant Slaughter, it doesn't even says USA across the That's front. Right. That's, right. That's all military. Well, I mentioned Law looks like a, a real MP. I mean, so you got. Well, yeah. So I think, like I said, like if it's a specific branch of the military, they, they certainly look yeah. like that. But yeah. there are those that do break the mold and they sure. can get a bit ridiculous. Even. Big lob. Chuckles, come on! How many? Yeah, oh, yeah. The Hawaiian how many CIA operatives wear Hawaiian shirts and pants? Hey, in the eighties, all of them did. <laughs> yeah, that's true, man. Especially if you lived in Miami or something. Right. Uh, so, all right. So we had another email from him. Uh, so this was this one starts, dear Star Bitches. Uh, in my last letter, I made reference reference to wishing you a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year because you've been slow in releasing new shows. I hope you realize that I was just joking. I understand your struggle. Not only must you schedule time when as many hosts as you can gather are available, you must also do pre-show prep and editing. It's a ton of work, and I really appreciate it. Please accept my apologies. Thank you for everything you do, and Happy Easter. Jason Adams. Happy <laughs> <laughs> You knew there had to be something at in there somewhere. Oh. <laughs> that was good. Yes. Yeah, he can't. Like, so he's sincere. Skipped, he, and he's skipped right past Valentine's Day, huh? <laughs> right on to Easter. Okay. You don't got to so, that. So we will get, like I said, uh, there was just a lot of circumstances going on, but we will be, have, we will be back on a regular schedule. Uh, like I said, there's, especially in November, there should be a ton of Star Joe's material coming out. Um I wanted to also mention that, uh, just real quickly, uh, mentioning the video, I mentioned this to John the other day when I was talking to him, but uh, I did a review of uh, Mask Revolution, number one, and oh, yeah. uh, posted it out there and everything else, and, and you know when I posted on Twitter and, everything, and all that, uh, the writer, Brandon Easton, uh, saw it and watched it and actually commented on Twitter to me oh, about right. it. So that was very cool. He was like, uh, great, you know, he said, great review. Uh, let me see if I can actually find it here. Um, but he said, yeah, so he said, uh, love the review, very, very fair and clear-minded. Just wait and see where this is going, and with a smiley face. So uh, oh. so that was really cool. Like, I, I mentioned to someone, I was like, I knew I would probably get some of the actual creators seeing it. Uh, luckily this one was an issue I really liked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there you were will be like bashing on it. That's yeah. the first thing he sees from us. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there'll be ones that I don't like that the creators are going to reach out to me on else as well. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. <laughs> but well, uh, if you end up liking the run, we should have him on and talk to him and yeah, you know, he'd always become a host down the road. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But yeah, I told John, I was like, uh, I'm definitely going to be reaching out to him to see if he, he'd want to come on because I really like what, what he's doing. Uh, I will say that if you like, if you didn't see the video of what I thought of it, if you like Mask and were a little nervous about what IDW is doing <laughs> with, <laughs> with Mask, don't be nervous. They actually are doing a very true to the original concept of Mask. So they're doing an awesome oh. job with it so far. So. 
Uh, and the person, the people that did the, the one shot issue for revolution are the creators for the ongoing series. So it's not like you're getting a different creative team on that. And then a new, new creative team on the main series. So, um, and the art, the art's really good too. So it's Tony Vargas. So, so, so Ryan, when it, when it comes to, you go through the revolution books and now that they're on their own series is it, are with the ongoing is that still all going to be tied in is Rom or Rom and GI Joe and the Micronauts showing up in is that the intent or was this is revolution just an opportunity to put everybody in there and shake up the eight ball and see what happens but then when these titles spin off they're not going to be there anymore so that, so here well, like, like as a just let me say real yeah, quick yeah. go ahead the only reason why I have any insight on this is because I'm currently doing a few Rom covers uh-huh. And I got sent through issue five, um, like the PDFs and stuff, so that I would, could read ahead and I knew what was going on. And and it is coming out, you know, for, for the most part, simultaneously as as the revolution stuff. But I've been really happy to see how they've incorporated um, other properties into the story in a way that like really makes sense. Yes. Like I'm really liking it. It doesn't seem shoehorned in or it doesn't whatever they've done a great job because you look at a page and it doesn't look bizarre to have transformers and gi joe and rom and other characters like all on the same page you're like oh this is cool and you just keep and you don't even get taken out of the story you just keep reading and then not only that but just their explanations as to why they might cross over or thought through and it's what and from what i can what i've read i've enjoyed it i thought it was developed well yeah I totally agree. Uh, I think there. So, uh, one thing talking about the continuity that we were talking about earlier, like it makes sense because to what Robert's talking about there, um, you have the Cybertronians, the Transformers on Earth, and they've had some clashes with the military. Well, then they decide the military decides. Well, we need to kind of reinstate GI Joe to deal with this threat, um, right. and. Then you have Miles Mayhem putting together the mask team as a special operative team, and then he introduces them to G.I. Joe, So, which has always made sense in my head, is that mask and, and G.I. Joe yeah. should be teaming up. Uh, in fact, Miles Mayhem recruits Dr. Mindbender to do some psychological tests, so you can already tell where that's going, that Miles Mayhem is going to probably team up with Cobra. Um, and so like stuff like that made total sense to me to what you were saying, Robert, like, oh yeah, Dr. Mindbender, of course, Miles Mayhem's going to bring in Dr. Mindbender to do these psychological tests on people. Um, and then, uh, you have Rom coming in because, and he's being, uh, confused as a Cybertronian because he's this robot creature. So he's being forced to team up and then you got the Micronauts coming into all this and it, it, to Robert's point, it's making a lot of sense. Now to answer your question, John, a couple things that it seems like it's, it's makes me think it's all going to be one universe uh, and that you will see little nods of things. Number one, they are going to continue with the revolution crossover stuff because they're going to be doing an ongoing series starting in December. I want to say called revolutionaries. So it's, it's a ongoing series that is purposely going to have these characters always crossing over with each other. Um, and then to Robert's point, it seems like what they're doing is they're setting up where you might not always see a crossover character in an issue of the regular titles, but occasionally you will see 
a character pop up here and there in the other titles. So it seems it has a very much a feel of the old like Marvel universe where you'd see Spider-Man swinging in the background of a Fantastic Four issue. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of getting that feel. Uh, Action Man also makes a lot of sense cuz Action Man's the British spy guy that's kind of like the one-man version of G.I. Joe for Britain, and he's brought in to meet up with G.I. Joe as well. So, like, all this stuff is making sense how they're tying it in together, and it does seem like you're going to see nods to the other properties in the different titles, and then you're still going to have this main series going on called Revolutionaries that is always going to have these characters interacting with each other. So, did did that answer the question for you? It yeah. does. I, I don't want to be the dead horse here or, or go back, but I, I guess back to Kyle's question earlier. Mm-hmm. So let's, you know, we've talked about multiple iterations of Joe over the last eight years that IW has had. And now with this new one with Aubrey Sitterson and, and this run that he's working on where he's doing some redesigns again on the characters. Are, are we saying or am I hearing correctly that the, the, so this new version of Joe that he's working on, is spinning out of revolution mm-hmm. and that so going forward and, and, I, and i'm okay with you know hooking up with mask and train that's sure. all well and good sure but is or, am i really am i am i to understand that that you know now we're looking back and saying that the last eight years of joe and the last eight years of transformers and the last five years of well no tmnt's not involved sorry no all you know all these titles that are ROM, Micronauts are new, Mask is new, but all that stuff, does all that IDW-verse of those individual books go away because now they're all tied together? No. Because it doesn't, okay. All right, no. again, that's, no. why, that's why I'm, I'm the guy's not reading, so I'm asking yeah. the question. So. What they, what they kind of do in the revolution, and they don't come right out and say it, but they kind of imply it, is that Joe was so busy with Cobra while the Transformers were on Earth before, that the military just dealt with the Transformers and Joe was dealing with Cobra. So that's why they never really crossed over with each other before. But now gotcha. now the military feels like they can't handle this by themselves, so they're, they're reinstating Joe, which fits in with the old continuity that we had because they right. were decommissioned. Let's reinstate Joe to deal with the Cybertronian threat. And they even make a reference, like, I can't remember which character it was, but there was a character that actually made a reference to losing somebody that was close to him in the military that he was friends with in the military during the All Hail Megatron incident, which was when Megatron basically was totaling a city and everything else. So he's like, I want to get some revenge on these creatures and stuff like that. So so they, they do make it seem like, yeah, we weren't able to be the ones up against these Cybertronians before, but now we're stepping in and taking them on. So, yeah. And it's interesting too, because, uh, tying into ROM, uh, is, you know, you have the dire wraiths, which can impersonate people. So ROM comes in and takes out Joe Colton, who he sees as a dire wraith, but the Joes see him as just Joe Colton. They don't know that it was a dire wraith replacing Joe Colton. So, the Joes are pissed at Rom also. <laughs> and they think that Rom is a Cybertronian, so they're seeing this as an attack on them by the Cybertronians. So it it like I said, it's being done really, really well to bring all these characters together. So Alright, well you guys ready to talk some uh, some superheroes? Let's do it. Alright. Oh yeah.
So to kind of set this up, what sparked this idea was uh, Entertainment Weekly came out with an article, and a, a buddy of mine at work uh, named John uh, brought it over to me. He's like, I figured this is right up your alley. And it was the top 50 most powerful superheroes in comics. Um, or most powerful superheroes. It didn't have to just be comics. So, um, And I looked at the list... And what they did was they had different categories that they based things on. And we're using the same categories for our list. So the, the categories were cultural impact, bankability, design, modern relevance. They called the one category nemeses, but I changed it to rogues gallery. Kind yeah, of the same, I'm glad you did that. Yeah, same thing. Uh, originality, personality, and powers. And the idea behind this was that... This way, it wasn't just the most powerful when it came to their powers or most powerful when it <laughs> right. came to popularity. This was to really take everything into account. Um, each category, you could score it up to 10 points, so from 0 up to 10. And uh, the only one that was an exception to that was cultural impact. They gave 20 points, a maximum of 20 points, too. So you can go from 0 to 20 points. So when I looked at the list, I was like, you know what? I don't like some of the characters that they put in here, and I didn't read all of the articles to know how they picked their characters. Like I was, I told John when I was talking to him recently, I said I don't know if they went off of a list of like 200 characters or what it was, but I just didn't like some of the characters that ended up in there. They did a top 50, so I didn't like the characters they came up with. Um, I will read quickly the characters that they had, um, but what I did was I just reached out to Robert and said, hey. Give me fifth. I have an idea for a show. Give me fifteen characters that you think are the biggest, uh, the biggest known ones in comic books. You well, know, just, the, well, no. I think how did you word it? The most uh, significant. Significant, characters. yes. Yeah. Because it wasn't just you know the the, the best or the biggest or right. or anything. I was like, who you know, who's made the most impact? That type of stuff. Yeah. You know, so. And then, so then he sent me, he texted, and I said, it doesn't matter what order they're in, just give me the most significant ones in comic book history. So he gave me 15, and then I added another 15 to it, uh, to of ones I thought should still be in that conversation, but that Robert just didn't include. Um, right. And uh, then I talked with John and told him the show that we were looking to do, and John's like, yeah, I'll do that too. So we were, so we started with a list of 30 characters. And we assigned it, signed points to them under the different categories. And so they said we have cultural impact, bankability, design of the character, modern relevance, rogues gallery, originality, personality, and powers. And we uh, assigned points under each of those categories and then total the points. And then that tells you who's in your top spot and who's in your bottom spot. So we're going to go over our top ten of them and talk about them a little bit. And then I'm sure we'll delve into some of the ones that didn't make our top ten. Probably more likely, we'll probably I'm sure we'll talk about who's on our bottom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, we'll just kind of talk about it because I'm sure we have different viewpoints on what someone should have scored in certain areas and stuff like that. But let me read the characters that they had on their list, and I'm reading them in the order of their ranking. So this is what Entertainment Weekly ranked them as. So number one. On their list was Wonder Woman. What? Uh, yeah. And which is why I wanted us to do this list, because I felt like they were pandering to the new movie coming out. 
<laughs> well, it's, it's Entertainment Weekly, so yeah. you got to expect some of that, I guess. Right. So they had Wonder Woman. I already don't agree with those lists. I know, right? <laughs> so they had Wonder Woman, Spider-Man, Batman, Superman, Wolverine, Iron Man, Captain America, the Hulk, Black Panther, the Flash, Buffy, um, Deadpool, Thor, Jean Grey, Storm, Daredevil, Green Lantern, Batgirl, slash Oracle, Professor X, Robin, Raphael, Black Widow, Supergirl, The Thing, Green Arrow, Doctor Strange, Captain Marvel, meaning Miss Marvel, the Carol Danvers one, uh, Silver Surfer, Luke Cage, Aquaman, Nick Fury, Hellboy, Human Torch, Rogue, Falcon, Nightcrawler, Ant-Man, Vision, Jessica Jones, Kitty Pride, Mr. Fantastic, Blade, Beast, Punisher, Cyclops, Invisible Woman, Shazam, Morpheus, Hawkeye, and Dr. Manhattan. And, oh. and when I heard that list, I was like, there are some characters I wouldn't even put in the top 50. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And yeah, But it also kind of makes me think I didn't add any Watchmen characters, and that was probably you know something you could do. And you know, so there's, there's, we're, we are, our list is definitely Marvel DC heavy, sure. like contemporary mainstream superhero heavy. Yeah. I purposefully tried to grab a few characters outside of that yeah. realm, but it's not, it's not like evenly stacked by any means. Right. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, just keep that in mind as we do our list. Uh, yeah. We're not like, we're not breaking the mold or anything, but I, I agree that they put some characters on their list that is clearly just pandering to the entertainment audience as opposed yeah. to a comic book audience. Yeah. yeah. So uh, let me read you our list, and this is in no particular order. This was, well, I should say the order was this: the first 15 are the ones Robert gave me, and the last 15 are the ones that I threw in there. So, okay. <laughs> so we had Spider-Man, Wolverine, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, we grouped them all together, um, right. Spawn, Hellboy, Sergeant Rock, Captain America, Deadpool, Black Panther, Hulk, Green Arrow, Conan, uh, Green Lantern, The Flash, Aquaman, The Punisher, Iron Man, Doctor Strange, Hawkeye, Thor, Batgirl, Supergirl, Luke Cage, Black Widow, Daredevil, Robin, and Ghost Rider. So, okay. so I think it's pretty, it's fairly even between Marvel and DC. Yeah. And then we obviously threw in characters like. You know, Ninja Turtles, Spawn, Hellboy, Sergeant Rock, like those were Conan. Those were the ones that I threw in to kind of spread the genres out a bit. Yeah. Uh, if if you're if we're talking about like the most significant comics, then I would have added like the Spirit. Yeah. And you know some of the the old school stuff that just set a you know a new look at storytelling. You know, yeah. and uh, and stuff like that. But I'm like, let's be real, realistic. You know, thinking about the cultural impact or bankability of some of these characters yeah. that aren't going to even come close to ranking with the others. So yeah. it seems silly to put it in this list. And I thought about even like the Fantastic Four. I knew we did the Teenage Mutant right. Ninja Turtles as one group. I thought, well, I, maybe I put the Fantastic Four on there as a group, but I was like, no, they're kind of four individuals where the turtles are kind of all together. I mean, they're all right. kind of the same similar type of character. So, right. um, so I did leave Fantastic Four completely off. It was only because of that. I left other than Wolverine, um, I left off any of the X-Men because I feel like the X-Men are the X-Men. Like, they put Jean Grey yeah. and Storm on there, but I'm like, yeah, Jean Grey and Storm without the rest of the X-Men are not really anything, to me at least, as far as... Yeah, they're not as deep of a character because they've never really had to hold their own right. stories. Now, they could have been developed into something more, but sure. they haven't had that opportunity, so they're just not. Where you have Wolverine and Deadpool have certainly held their own yeah, as characters. Far, yeah, so. 
Okay, yeah, that's good. So. Good explanation. All right, so uh, so you want to get into uh, uh, we'll do our top tens first. We'll do a round ta- round robin like we usually do, Sweet. Um, and then uh, and if you want to mention anything big about that character uh, as to why you felt like they made the top ten for you and everything else, feel free to throw <laughs> that in there. So okay, um, no, I, I I also want to say before we really dive into this is yes. I I put you know, I took each category. And I, I thought of it. I went across as a character. So if yes. I said, you know, uh, Captain America, and I went through the categories and answered generally what I thought as it applied to him. Yes. And I didn't total everything up because I was finishing that up at the beginning of the show. <laughs> um, a little behind the scenes there. But um, so then I, by the end of it, I think, you know, by the end of this list, I was I was maybe becoming more and more harsh. I don't know, or if it was just because there were some really remarkable characters up top. But my my answers or the totals surprised me. And if you were going to tell me out of this list who my top ten characters were, I'm surprised at say who I have at number eight, nine, and ten. I agree. You know what I mean? And, and in my middle section as well. Yeah, and I, w- so I would agree with me, that. Yeah, so I was like, wow. I mean, I really love all ten of these characters, but I, I wouldn't have pulled these ten characters out of a hat and said, You're, these are my top ten. See, it's funny, Robert, you say that, because mine, mine were not surprising. I think the order was a little bit surprising, but oh, I'm with you. Yeah. I went through and just said, you know, went through the, the different pieces and and just scored them out as I saw them. And, and so who ended up, where they ended up was a little surprising, but, uh, but, was wasn't it? I wasn't shocked with the numbers, but it yeah. was an interesting. It was an interesting study to go in and just say, if I look at these different components and just score them based on that, that some of them landed where they landed. I was a little surprised. I was, but again, no shock. But uh, right. it was it was an interesting exercise for sure. Yeah, because I, I think for me, what it did was it it took out. Um, a little bit of the, you know, oh, this is my favorite character, so I'm going to put him at the top. It does, yeah, and it really yes. makes you analyze certain aspects of the character. Like, for example, just as a quick aside, like Conan, I think has a lot of significance in storytelling and, right. and novels and comics, all that stuff. I don't think he has the best costume. <laughs> you know right. What I mean? right. So he's he's going to get low points when it comes to costume. You know what I mean? Right. And that's already going to drop him out of a certain, right. you know, kind of echelon. But that's not to say he's less culturally significant than another character. So this is, I think you should post this, uh, your list, your PDF, your, your JPEG or whatever it is on, on Facebook and have people yeah. do their own and then you know, possibly post their top 10. Cause it's pretty interesting. Yeah. I'll post it. I'll post it on the Facebook page and the group page. And then that'll catch over to the Twitter page as uh, uh, account as well. So people, anyone can access it and see it uh, okay. and do their own. But yeah, I, I thought it was really interesting um, I told, uh, like I said, John and I talked about it uh, just recently, and I said the one category, and I don't know if this is true for you guys or not, but the one category for me that I felt like I had the most 10s, 10 out of 10s for, was design of the character. Because most of these characters, I really they're, like how they, they look. They're pretty <laughs> solid, yeah. There's some really good ones. The other thing I want to do is I want to, I didn't have time before the show started, but I want my son and his friend who's over here at the time, he's like, they're both 10 years old. I want them to do it and see what. That's cool. Because <laughs> they won't be so analytical. It'll be more like, who's your favorite character? But yeah. it would be neat to see what they do, too. And then the the one category I think I had the least amount of 10s in was under powers. Because yeah. there's, only, yeah. there's yep. a couple 
characters I thought have a lot of power, and then everyone else is kind of less than that. So, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, and the big thing with this too, I really tried to not do is I tried to not compare one character to the other. So, like I, I tried, right. like okay, Superman is ten in this, so Batman has to be an eight in it. I tried not to do that. I was just like, you know, things like you know, I tried to base it like you said Robert earlier tried to base it solely on this character in these categories so yeah but it is hard to do once you get more and more into it <laughs> it is tough yeah there's a lot of things to consider it yep all right john why don't you start with your number 10 my number 10 was deadpool okay <laughs> i uh i again wasn't necessarily surprised i i especially had him at the higher end of the modern relevance Based on the fact, I mean, I think, I think that that movie was the biggest grossing movie of last year. Oh yeah, or real close if it wasn't. And uh, while I didn't read the character twenty years ago, uh, I have read several of the things lately, and I've really enjoyed them. And you know, when I go to a convention these days, how many Deadpool's do you see running around at a convention? You know, based on the list of people we've been talking about. I see a lot more Deadpool's than many other people we've mentioned here, so I uh, was not shocked that he ended up on that top ten list. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I will say he was number eleven for me, so he was. Ah, almost, that's where I had him too. Yeah, yeah just he was. All, he was 10. almost number ten. Yeah. Now, see where he did for me, and not that I, we don't have to get into all the specifics sure. of all the characters, but I agree, he was like huge on cultural impact, on bankability, uh, rele- relevance. Where he, where he dropped for me was actually his rogues gallery. Yes. Because mm-hmm. he, yep. it could go either way. It could be he's his rogues gallery is the entire Marvel universe, which is one way to think of it, and that's kind of interesting because that's how they're using him right now. Right. But if you were going to take him as a solo character, and he's had solo runs before, I could only think of maybe two characters that I would consider his specific bad guys. Yeah. They're all derivatives of other better known properties. Yeah. So that's where he was way low for me, and that dropped him out of the top ten. Yep, same same thing for me uh, with him. I can think of, I think it was like there was a character named Slayback, I think that I remember yeah. from a Marvel play, uh, trading card or something like that that was his villain. And then I thought like uh, Francis from the movie uh, was kind of <laughs> right, villain. Yeah. Well, it, it, I thought of all the dead presidents from that run. Oh, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was, I, he, he didn't score as low, but you know, like I said, it was uh, was not shocked. You yeah. know, and just going, kind of going through and looking oh, yeah. at the numbers was not stunned that he popped up there. Yeah. Um, Robert, what was your number 10? Okay. My number 10 was Thor. Okay. So um, I think he got some high marks on power, on uh, modern relevance, mostly because anybody associated with that Avengers movie franchise is just incredibly relevant. Now, I think there's a a hierarchy, obviously, of an Iron Man versus a Hawkeye. But I think that anybody associated with that immediately gained global exposure that may or may not have been popular beforehand. So. So he gets high marks on that, and um, you yeah, also power that modern relevance, um, yeah, that type, that type of stuff. So he was up there. Yeah, and I mean, let's face it, Chris Hemsworth like defines that character. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. uh, number ten for me was. Oh, Dar- oh real quick, yes. as a quick aside, a high number for him too was his personality. Okay. And that's because um, him, like like him and Hercules from Marvel Comics, and um, you know just. And to me, it was original because I don't know that there had ever been like a, a literal mythological god 
Yeah. Like they weren't claiming that he had the powers of Thor. I mean, he was Thor. He is Thor, right? Yeah. So his attitude, I love his attitude because he's, you know, arrogant and at the same time, you know, just I don't know. So that he was high marks on that because I thought that, that was very original and unique. Yeah. Because I don't know that that had been done before that, and, and for it to have such longevity as well. Nice. And one thing too, uh, and I know we've done this for the movie uh, stuff as well. If someone mentions a character that is in your top ten, don't reveal where they are on your list uh, if they're in the top ten until we get to that point. Uh, You can certainly talk about the character uh, when that person mentions them, but don't reveal where they were on your list. If they were anything less than the top ten, feel free to talk about them and and say where they were on your list. So, Um, uh, For me, number ten was Daredevil. And where he scored really high for me, uh, he got. I gave him ten points for originality, because there's no other blind superheroes out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The more I thought about it, I'm like, like costume wise, or design of the character and everything else. Like he scored high, but not super high because it is, you know, a very common looking type mm-hmm. costume. But originality of the character, I was like, yeah, he's a blind superhero. He's got the so, the, you know, the sonar sense. He's trained as a ninja. Like it, it's a to me, it was a very unique type character, and you still don't see like you don't see people like copying Daredevil. <laughs> so right, so yeah. uh, that was high for me. And modern relevance was high. With uh, I gave it a nine because uh, you got the two Dare seasons of Daredevil on Netflix, and that hit right. like big time. Uh, out there, cultural impact it was pretty high for me because of that and, and everything. Um, even bankability was, you know, I gave an eight right. because again they've done two seasons of Daredevil because it was such a hit. So um, where he was a little bit lower uh, for me was personality and powers. Uh, mm. uh, does you know he does have quite a, he does have some powers. So uh, you know and skills and abilities and and to throw it out there too. Skills and abilities was also part of the powers, so it doesn't yeah. it doesn't just have to be superpowers. Um, but and his personality is you know it's a little bit lower for me because I just I feel like he's there there isn't much of a personality there for him. <laughs> so, um, but uh, but yeah, the, like I said, the big one for him for me was uh, originality. I just feel like he's a very original take on a character, and we don't see people really making copies of him currently. So. All right, uh, John, your number nine. Number nine was uh, Iron Man. Okay. And uh, I think, again, as you mentioned, you know, any of these, a lot of the Marvel characters are, are much more cultural relevance. I mean, let's face it, they, they've taken him from a C-list character to an A-list character. Yeah. And there's a lot of bankability, at least with Robert Downey Jr. in the character. You know, his powers are really mechanical driven i mean he's obviously very very smart but you know if he doesn't have the gear he's not really doing much but uh yeah yeah you know uh yeah he was at uh he was number nine for me cool robert how about for you uh my number nine was wolverine okay so he was one that i was surprised was so low down the list um but it was for me i dropped him really low i think because of um Originality, which I don't know why I dropped it so low. Oh, and then also Rogues Gallery, because yeah. all I could really... I mean, his Rogues Gallery is like Sabretooth, which is really great. Like, So if you're going to do Nemesis, I think that that's a good classic you know, kind of matchup. 
but then beyond that, you've got like Lady Deathstrike and Cyber Sil- and Silver Samurai, Silver Samurai, and ninjas. It, ninja. It just drops ninjas. off real fast. You know, it's cool. I love seeing him just take yeah. out a whole horde of the hand, but it's just, it drops off pretty quick. So I guess that's what dropped him. Obviously, his cultural impact, his modern relevant relevance with the movies and the yeah. '90s cartoon. I mean, he's he's always been one of the favorite X-Men's. He's always been a, a book that could sell and a character that sells. Uh, I love his personality that he was such a polar opposite to Cyclops in the book. Yeah. Um, his powers. I just, you know, every, you see the claws and you immediately know Wolverine. Like that's yeah. one of the things is I was thinking of like powers, but also in a way, like how iconic is this character and yeah. how iconic are his powers? Like if you, um, yeah, <sighs> You know, it's like some characters are, that are just strong. You're like, well, he's very powerful, but does that make him stand out from the crowd? No. But if you see a guy who has three claws come out of his hand, you know that's Wolverine immediately. You don't even have to see the character. You just know that's Wolverine. Yeah. So to me, well, that that says a lot about well, the character's th- design, too, I guess. Yeah, and I think with cultural impact, too, I mean, anyone that takes, you know, some butter knives and puts them between <laughs> their fingers... Like everybody's people, done it. Everyone's done it, and it's like, oh, it's Wolverine, and and uh, everyone knows the bub line, you know, and I'm the best yeah. there is at what I do, even though what I do is not so not so nice, you know, like, um, so like to me, I, you know, you're talking about powers, yeah. Some of these other categories play into the cultural impact, like people when they see the claws, they think of Wolverine. That's a cultural impact. So, right. um, yeah, so that's sure. really cool. Uh, my number nine was Thor. Um, so very close to what you had, Robert. Um, I agree with the pers- uh, personality. Um, uh, I agreed with, uh, uh, design a character I actually put pretty high, uh, because yeah, it's a Norse God, but it was a different, a little bit different take on that. Yeah. Um, so, and, and actually, I'm sorry, personality, I didn't have super high, um, just cause I feel like it's. I don't know, he felt a little stiff to me, especially his early days. <laughs> but um, Powers, I had him really high. Um, and uh, Rogue's Gallery is where he was a bit low, too, for me. Uh, again, you got Loki, and you got the Frost Giants, and then I kind of lose track of who the hell else is there even is. Um, maybe, I guess, <laughs> Enchantress. Uh, yeah. But again, I'm like, okay, uh, you know, I could probably come up with more if I thought about it, but it's those... Like, when we talk about Rogue's Gallery, it's like... How many can you list off the top of your head if you had like ten seconds to do it? And right. with Thor, there's just a few I can think of. If you gave me like a day, I could come up with a whole bunch, I'm sure. But um, mm-hmm. so, all right, uh, John, you're number eight. I have to say, I think this was probably the most surprising one to me. And number eight, I had the Ninja Turtles. Okay. Uh, I have them really high in cultural impact because they've been around for thirty years in multiple iterations from the, you know, Daredevil-based kind of the dark stuff to the cartoons to uh, being on stage with Vanilla Ice to, uh, <laughs> you know, so they've <laughs> been around a long time. It, it's, you know, they, they and they all have personality, so I scored yeah. behind that because, again, it's more than one. Yeah. I, again, I was a little surprised, but as when I look at, you know, what we're talking about, they 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 score really well in a couple of those areas, and so uh, they ended up being number eight. Nice. Cool. All right, Robert, your number eight. Uh, my number eight was Daredevil. Okay. So we're kind of all hovering around the same things. Um, I, I probably think, had. I think sc- that's going to happen too. So. Yeah. Uh, I had him scored 
Uh, you know, for all the very similar reasons, there's not too many characters with a disability. And I think as a cultural impact, then that has a broader sense of appeal to other markets beyond who likes superheroes. Yeah. Um, and so, like, for example, I was at a convention in St. Louis and a guy was flipping through my print book. and He's like, oh, my gosh, I use this image of Professor Xavier in his wheelchair with the X-Men behind him that I have in my prints. Because I use this for my presentation all the time. I'm like, what, what do you do? Because I didn't know you're the artist, he, so he goes around the country and he does, uh, you know, different kind of talks and and um, and presentations to you know disabled you know, people all around the country, and uh, and he's talking about just people in pop culture that are, you know, unashamedly, you know, just like out there and in front of the public, and that they're represented, you know what I mean, like in pop culture, and so I think that it, you know it has a, a big cultural impact beyond just hey here's an entertaining <clears throat> character. You know, he's touching on a market, you know, that represents other parts of the population besides mainstream. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, and all the reasons you said, too, I think uh, I he's been one of my absolute favorite characters. I think it was probably hard. It's impossible to do this unbiased yeah. because I've read, but at the same time, I've read more Daredevil than I have, say, Spawn or something. You know what I mean? So, um somebody who's read every issue of Spawn might absolutely love that character and feel like his personality is fantastic or that it's really well represented. Whereas I couldn't say that right. necessarily. So for me, I've read a lot of Daredevil and I feel like he's got a lot of uh, good personality because it's so subtle. It's like dry humor. It's, you know, he's not a, a Deadpool flamboyant type character. He's not, you know, sometimes he can be depressing, like that's for sure. But in general, I so anyway, so I, I scored him at a, he was my eight, but uh, I really dig that character too. And I, I, I love his resurgence. Now, if you would have asked us four years ago if he had any marketability, if he had, oh, yeah. if he had any bankability <laughs> or modern revelance, everybody was had no, not even close. This this property's garbage. You know what I mean? The, Besides the Ben that, Affleck movie, what exactly? If that's what, you're, if that's what your basis of reference is, it's horrible. But you know, now it shows you how much two years or four years and two Netflix seasons can do for a character. And I th- and I think it would be in- I think it is very interesting to do this list like multiple times like let a few years go by and do the list again <laughs> because Absolutely. things definitely move around so um, uh, so my number eight was Wolverine uh, hmm. and where he scored pretty high was uh, design of character was I had that at a ten it's I just love the design I think it's awesome looking. Uh, where he scored really low was Rogues Gallery. We kind of talked about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I gave him a four for his Rogues Gallery, um, uh, but the I gave him high, you know I gave him high points for personality. We talked about that. I gave him high points for his powers too. I gave him a nine for his powers because yeah. he can regenerate from almost nothing. Uh, he has the adamantium claws. He has uh, heightened senses, uh, you know, smelling, hearing, all that type of stuff. And then he knows how to fight. I mean, he's he's yeah. you know he's a trained you know ninja and samurai and everything else. So um, so yeah. Uh, and then like we talked about, he's his bankability. And he's got a movie coming out, <laughs> another one coming yeah, out. Exactly. Yeah. So this is gonna be his third movie. And now, had you asked me bankability after the first Wolverine Origins movie, <laughs> <laughs> probably not. Know. Probably not so high after that. But. Yeah. Now, one thing about I ranked his personality out of ten, and and part of that is because one, I just like his personality, but also you can do an entire book where where Logan is just in a flannel shirt, his his cowboy hat, and like riding his motorcycle around from bar to bar, right? 
And then, or you can have them in a full-blown mainstream superhero comic, superpowers blasting everywhere. There's such versatility to the kind of story you can tell, yeah. and it still feel like Logan. It'll still feel like Wolverine. Yeah. And you don't have that with some characters. No. I, don't, I wouldn't. I, I would say no. you don't. Even, you don't have that with Batman near the versatility. No. No. And I had him at a nine for personality, so I totally agree yeah. with you on that. So, um, all right, John, you're number seven. Number seven, uh, again, a little bit of a surprise for me, was Hulk. Okay. Um, had him really high in, I think the, the uh, well, had him high in design because I just, I've always liked big green dude in purple pants. And uh, he, uh, he's he got a, an interesting personality from the standpoint it's, you know, we count Bruce Banner as part of Hulk. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was a little surprised. I think he certainly brought some levity to those uh, Marvel movies when he's been in them. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he you know, by just a hair over uh, over the turtles that he came in at uh, number seven for me. So that's interesting because Hulk came in at number eighteen for me. <laughs> yeah, and, and again, you know, as I go back and you know, and like I said, when I went through it, I just plugged oh, yeah. in what I thought, and and so you know, again, I had him. You know, yeah. as I kind of look at my numbers, I you know, got him high in design because I just like it. Yeah. Uh, you know, his that's really the highest thing he was in. But in pretty much everything, he's steady. Yeah. Because I think you know, again, I, when I think about originality or rel, you know, especially like originality, he's been around for fifty years. Yeah. More. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's one of the interesting things with this with this list is how many of these characters are. They've been around a long time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and look the, at the, rele- the relevance and the originality piece, and they really are. You yeah. see archetypes built based on yeah. what exactly. you see, you know, yeah. on the so. Yeah, and for him, I mean, I had you know originality and and modern relevance and things like that uh, at pretty high, uh, just like you were talking about. And this is where biases come into play. Like for design of character, I had that relatively low because it's a big, strong guy. In purple pants, yes, he's gr- <laughs> yes, he's green, but he's which green, is, which is why he's, which is why he's higher than someone like Conan. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but then, like personality for me, personality to me was like, okay, he says Hulk smash. That's how I know him. Um, so to me, it wasn't a whole lot of personality, but for you, it was a lot of personality. You got the Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde thing going on there. Well, and you could also point to Gray Hulk. Yeah. Sure. Or, oh yeah, or, Mr. You know, or, 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 or Planet Hulk. Yeah. I mean, come on. There's all, and I, that was one of the fun things, especially as I tried to think through when it came to design, because there's so many iterations of these characters sure. in a lot of cases. Okay, so that's kind of cool. And yeah, there's you have dumb Hulk for lack of a better word, but you have intelligent Hulk. Yeah. You have, you know, and I think where he did, and I think where he dipped a little low for me too was uh, Rogues Gallery because I'm like I got Leader, Abomination, um, Absorbing Man, and I couldn't really think much beyond that. Well, and I counted, I counted Wolverine. Ross, I guess, yeah, I counted Wolverine. Oh, Wolverine. That's oh yeah, yeah, okay. You know, uh, oh, well. no, I, I had him, I had him low there too. Like I, I probably had him. Going yeah, after him, so. I think I had him ranked maybe in the 13 or 14 area. Like I. Uh, I had him low in, in the rogues gallery also, and and in originality, I guess like pretty average, not like super low, but at the same time, he was the first real lead. Like he had his own title book, yeah. and he wasn't pretty to look at. Yeah, like he was one of the first characters like that. You know, is 
Um, and so he kind of set a mold of a monster could like lead a book, you know, yeah. could be a head, could headline a book. I thought that was as far as um, and then again, like cultural impact or bankability. I mean, he's in those is he. He was one of the best parts of the first Avengers movie. Like they just finally nailed what the Hulk could be on screen. Oh yeah. And how many Hulk hands have you seen sold in the store? It's oh, just sure. like it, that created a whole new type of toy, you know, kind of thing. So. Oh yeah, bankability. I gave him an eight because I just for the yeah, things you were mentioning there, it was just like you know. So he did. It was like he scored high in some areas for me and really low in some other areas. So sure. that's why that's where. And that's the fun thing about doing this list is like this is why I didn't want to do the list by myself because like well, you guys are gonna have different viewpoints as to why something was original or why the character design worked or why bankability. You know. So I that's why I like doing this with you guys because it's it's a lot more fun that way to talk about these things and why. Yeah. Put things where we did so um robert what is your number seven uh it is what is it oh i was kind of surprised at this too i had hellboy okay kind of for number seven. um i think par- part of that was because and not that he's high on cultural impact or even bankability but it was more um design of the character okay. it was uh his rogues gallery is just anything supernatural which is like that's a huge variety of things originality his personality, I love. Um, his powers that he's, you know, just demon and, yeah. Um, I don't. So for me, that his the earlier stuff like cultural impact and bankability were low, mm-hmm. but I ranked him so high on the other ones again just because I have a love for the character. I thought sure. the comic itself was very revolutionary. It changed kind of how trades come out and it changed the types of stories you could tell. Uh, and it had two like mainstream big budget films off of an indie comic. Yep. That nobody knew until those movies came out, and not and not that he's like crazy popular even now, but you say Hellboy and people know who you're talking about. Yeah. Whereas before it was just an indie yeah. comic and nobody would have known. Yeah. So um, I was I was surprised that he ranked so high. He was one of those that surprised me after as I was tallying it up. So. Nice. Um, I actually had him twenty third. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I will say like cultural impact was pretty low for me and I would yeah. say modern relevance was actually low for me because as much as I love the movies they were done a while back um, that was the only reason I kind of ranked that lower than maybe I should have um, uh, rogues gallery I had really low for him because I don't know his rogues gallery I mean when you say supernatural I'm like okay but I just didn't know like names of any of his villains um, so that ranked really low for me with that. Um, his powers, I ranked kind of right in the middle because I don't really know his powers other than him having a big gun. Um, and <laughs> like, dude, he can open the gates to hell with his fist. There you go. Yeah, he wasn't yeah. in my top ten, but I mean, you know, I, yeah. I, I, I'm with Robert in that. You know, his, there's some, there's, it isn't. It's amazing to think that a an independent comic coming out of Dark Horse oh, sure. created these two movies, and I really like those two movies a lot. Oh yeah, They're I do really, too. Yeah. Really well done. And they hold up. They're good. And, they, and I, yeah, you're absolutely right. They hold up. And and uh, I will say, I love the comics. It's just been a long time since I read them, so I just don't remember his powers. I don't like it, for me ranking him low in some of those areas. Was most so mostly because I couldn't remember certain things. And, yeah. But I do love the comics. Like I remember when the movies came out, I went and got a bunch of the trades and read them, and I thought they were fantastic. And to your point, John, I love the movies. Um, I did rank him very high when it came to design of the character because I think he looks awesome. 
uh, and originality, I thought was a very original idea. Because um, we've seen the demon thing before, but we never saw like the the abandoned demon that's raised to then be the hero. Yeah. You know, right. and then he's surrounded by the BPRD, uh, which was really cool too. So, um, all right. Well, my number seven uh, was Iron Man. Uh, he ranked really high for me when it came to bankability, obviously. <laughs> um, design of character, I ranked it really high because he's got all those freaking armors. I mean, they're, it's hard to find one you don't like. So uh, modern relevance, obviously, was really high. His personality was really high for me. Uh, where he di- kind of dipped a bit for me was uh, powers, because kind of to your point earlier, John, like if he doesn't have the armor, he's he's a really smart guy, but doesn't really fight a whole lot <laughs> um and his rogues gallery uh was a, a little bit low i put it at a seven um so i mean still relatively high but you know i was like started thinking like okay he's got mandarin titanium man crimson dynamo i was like okay there's whiplash i was able to name quite a few so i didn't want to put it like in the middle or low but it was still not like really high up um Cultural impact, I had it like a 17. I probably even could have bumped it up even higher than that. But um, this is when I was getting near the bottom of the list. And like we talked about earlier, you start thinking about right. the other characters. And you're like, okay, he might not be as culturally impactive as some other characters. But he, I mean, God, uh, Robert Downey Jr. totally brought that character to life. And, you you know, you to your point earlier too, Robert, with the Hulk hands, you see Iron Man stuff all over the place when it yeah. comes to toys and, and everything. so, And I, and this is going back a ways before the first Iron Man movie came out. But before that movie came out, nobody knew Iron Man. No. You know, he, he had had a couple of small cartoons, you know, and things like that. But it's just, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It, it, those movies just, and, and that whole franchise exploded this character to where he's, he's just so up there. For sure. Uh, John, you're number six. Uh, my number six, I was a little surprised at how low he scored, but it was uh, Wolverine. Okay. And, um, you know, I think we, we've talked a little bit about him. For me, it was interesting because I just watched uh, X-Men Apocalypse, and it was nice to see him show up even for a few minutes. And uh, seeing that new Logan preview, getting really oh, psyched yeah, yeah. to that see him awesome, again. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I just uh, – it's pretty amazing to think Jackman's made – a career of that character in the last what 15 years 16 years yeah and and imagine how different it would have been if you got really had had bob hoskins who they had talked about way back (laughs) because because that's really i mean i see more of him from you know if i think about those 80 that 80s run oh yeah of of wolverine burn and barry windsor smith and kind of those creators that worked at that time but uh yeah like I i was a little surprised he was low but as i kind of went through that's where he landed for me, but uh, yeah, it was uh, right there at number six. Nice, uh, Robert. For you, okay. My number six was Captain America. So that's my uh, number six, also, by the way. So <laughs> oh, very cool. Yeah, I mean, he's again one of my absolute favorite characters. So um, I'm glad he was in my top ten. I think you know he he ranks high for me for things like personality and um, the uh, design is so iconic personality because he stands out like yeah he's a character that would call another character out on their language you know what i mean like yeah. to me i i can appreciate that you know he stands out from the crowd and, and he's supposed to because he's from a different era it's just i love that concept um so 
you know, there's there's obviously again with him carrying the movies and with the Avengers, and so all the, all the very similar reasons. Also, his rogues gallery is pretty awesome. Yeah, it's not to the caliber of some of obviously what's going to be in our top five. Right. But you know, I'm thinking Baron Zemo, Red Skull, both of those are just pretty amazing. Crossbones, um, you know, uh, crossbones, Hydra in general. Yeah. You know, um, you know, and so I, th- I think those are all Von, like Von Strucker, pretty, Zemo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. So there's there's like five or six that are solid, well developed villains that are specific to Captain America. And I think we're finally breaking into that echelon of a character that has his own group of bad guys that are specific to him that are so good, lesser heroes have to borrow from. Yeah. And I will say, like, because uh, like I said, he was my number six also, like, cultural impact, I had him very high in cultural impact because I'm like, when you think of what superhero embodies America, there's two superheroes right. you think of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and I'm sure and only one of them has the name America in his name. Right. <laughs> Um, originality, he dipped just like I, I have met an eight and he only dipped a little bit in originality because when he was created, there was a lot to your point of America. There was a lot of American characters that came out right then because we were in the middle of the war and it was like, so they wanted that spirit. Uh, powers is the only thing that I had him kind of fairly low. I had him at a six because yeah, he's got the super soldier serum and he knows how to really fight well, but it's not yeah, like he I has... had him there too. I'd, I'd be curious what your numbers are because I think we've got a must. We must be almost spot on this. Uh, Rogues Gallery, I had a seven uh, because you know it's still relatively high because, like you say, he does have a lot of good rogues out there. Bankability, I had him at a ten. I mean, he's had three oh, movies, okay. yeah, and they've all been the hugest. Yeah, really, really well done. <laughs> like, um, design a character, I had it at a ten because I just love the way he looks. Yeah, uh, iconic. Yeah, Modern Relevance, obviously a 10, because, <laughs> come on. Um, but yeah, like, Personality had him at an 8, Originality had him at an 8. Um, so, yeah, it was... Yeah, cool. Yeah. All right, John, your number 5. Uh, number 5 was Cap. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think you guys hit all the main points. I think uh, you, you certainly see that bankability in the movies, and... Uh, you know, again, yeah, uh, he's one of the few characters I've ever worn a T-shirt of nice. uh, on a consistent basis. <laughs> Superhero shirts, that is, right. and not a shield, but an actual cap, old school cap shirt that I had for a long time. Nice. Uh, so I wasn't surprised that he was up in in that top five. Yeah, and uh, and I said it on the sh- uh, show when we talked about it. Uh, but and I still say it's true. So it wasn't just because it was the shiny new toy out there. Civil War, Captain America: Civil War, is my favorite comic book movie of all time. It just had it hit everything I was looking for when it came to that. So, um, so yeah. Um, Robert, you're number five. Okay, my number five is Iron Man. So again, we're all kind of dancing around the same characters. Um, for me, something to point out. Like I actually put his personality pretty high. Okay. Because and maybe part of it has got to be from the Robert Downey Jr. portrayal of him, but I thought that he did a good job of embodying what's been established, you know, in the comics before. So I thought that was good. And then his um his design because it's so it you can interpret it so many different ways based on function, right? Yeah. So he's got the Hulkbuster, he's got a regular, he has a stealth, he has outer space, like it can. I mean, he has over a hundred suits. Like that's pretty cool yeah. design wise when it comes to a character. So. 
I remember when they were talking about, uh, I, I listened to an episode of Comic Geek Speak where they were talking about Iron Man. I thought the one thing that was amusing is they said, when you're talking about his armor and there's so many different functions and different ones that he needs, they said, yeah, anytime a writer needed Iron Man to have something to get out of a jam, it was like, oh, that's in my finger or that's in my boot. Or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, all right, my number five, uh, this was the one that was the most surprising for me that ended up. In, not only in my top ten, but this high in my top ten, uh, was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, was my number five. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, I had them very high for cultural impact. I mean, you cannot go anywhere and say Calabunga or pizza related <laughs> to them. I mean, because I, I actually was dressed as a, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle last year for Halloween, and I was passing out candy, and I had, like, adults that were like, oh, you're one of the turtles, right? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, they like eating pizza. It's like, it's just synonymous <laughs> with them. Um, so I had that high. I had bankability high. They just had a couple movies that were actually successful. Uh, designed the characters I loved. Modern Relevance, again, they've had, they have so many cartoons. They have so many, you know, they have so many toys. There's a whole aisle in the toy store that's just turtles. <laughs> so... Um, so that plays in the one of the very few eighties properties that can say that, that it's had that kind of resurgence. Yeah. Uh, rogues gallery was a little low, but not too low with, uh, I have it at a seven. Uh, but you know, you still have the foot clan, you have Rocksteady and bebop, you have Krang, you have shredder. Uh, so there's, you can rattle off some names pretty easily for, for them. Uh, originality, I actually thought they were very original for their time, at least. I thought about dipping that a little bit because you had so many things that copied it, you know, Biker's Mice from Mars and uh, Battletoads and things like that. But I was like, nah, they're still pretty original characters. Powers is the one thing that was probably the lowest for me with them. Yeah, pretty um, much straightforward ninja stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, but yeah, uh, Turtles were my number five, so. It was nice seeing a Star Joe's character in the top five, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, John, you're number four. Number four was uh, Wonder Woman. Okay. Mm. Uh, the high cultural impact. Uh, very bankable. It's got a great new trailer for a movie coming out next year that I just saw. And, uh, yeah, I was not, not surprised that she was up in that top five at all. Yeah. Uh, Robert, how about for you? Uh, my number four was Ninja Turtles. So I'll oh, take the things that you wow. said. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, for me, things that, that really stuck out to me was personality in that each one of them sewed very distinct. Yes. Um, and and the sense of family. So very similar to, say, like Fantastic Four. You get a sense of family in this book that you don't get in other books. And then... Um, and I think because the cultural impact was like maxed out, I had that at 20, I had bankability at 10. And again, it's because of the toys you can buy that it's had multiple reiterations of TV shows, cartoons, movies. I mean, it's had five feature films and three animated series that have lasted over five years each. Like what other property can you, you know, has done that? What other property like, has a song of, that was played on the radio? <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, it's just well, Ghostbusters, but like there's, yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, but it's 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 been a, it's become a juggernaut, and it, and the fact that Nickelodeon bought it and, and kind of revamped it obviously pushed that, but it's just uh, yeah, it's, for me, it's that cultural impact and bankability really popped it up high, and then um, yeah, I didn't have anything scored under a seven for these guys, so I liked them a lot. Nice. 
Uh, my number four uh, is the same as John's, Wonder Woman. Um, uh, I had her cultural impact-wise, I had her at 19, because if you say female superhero, everyone knows will say Wonder Woman. That's the first yeah, that's one true. that people are going to mention. Uh, you know, Bankability, she had a successful TV show in the 70s. She's uh, has a movie coming out that looks amazing. Uh, everyone was interested in Wonder Woman when it came to the Batman v Superman because they saw she was in there. Um, she appears in all you know all these different cartoons. She had her own animated uh, directed video movie, which very few DC characters have had outside of Batman and Superman. Um, so you know, yeah, she's. She's just like, like I said, cultural impact wise, especially like you think female superhero, you think Wonder Woman. Um, and then, and then everyone else follows after that. Um, the thing that she scored really low for me on was rogues gallery. I gave her a four on rogues gallery. I gave her pretty much a nine or a 10 on almost everything else, but rogues gallery, I gave her a four and that's kind of what dipped her down to number four for me because you got cheetah, you got. Giganta, you got Cersei, and that's about all I can think of. For. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and and she, unlike some of the other ones I mentioned earlier, she, you could give me a whole day to try to think of more, and I really would have a hard time. <laughs> so, um, all right, John, you're uh, you're number three. Okay, so I'm going to just say this about my number three. If I'm looking at this list and you just name the names, it would have been my number one cultural impact, bankability, design, relevance, and, and and I've talked about this character a lot before, but it's Batman. Yeah. And yeah. where where he stumbled is in powers. He's super smart, but he doesn't have powers compared to some of these other characters. Yep. He's a man, like the rest, like you and the, the three of us. So, uh, you know, I, I look at it and say, damn, you know, I was really surprised because, as I've said before, the thing I love about Batman is it can be Tim Burton Batman, it can be Frank Miller Batman, it can be Batman Brave and the Bold. It's all these iterations of this character who's very complex, has a very complex history and personality, and is super smart. Unfortunately, he just doesn't have the powers, and that's what killed it for me in that as I went through and just scored him. So I was I was I was surprised, not stunned, but was surprised when I started scoring it out. Wow, that's he, he if I just named him, he would have been my number one. So, yeah. yeah. See, he was my number three also. He was and my I number think... three also. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, there we I, go. I, mean, I think it's a short list when we get up to one, two, yeah. three. But yeah. I think um, so. For me, it uh, he was like top scores across the board in in modern relevance. I only I didn't give him a ten. I don't. You know, it was rare that I did. Unless I did that on accident, but I think I gave like I gave Deadpool a number ten. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yep. I did but, too. And he got a nine, you know, which is like up there. Everybody, everybody knows Batman. So I'm like, where did he lose his points? And then me, a, little, a couple points for originality, um, just because it was what you know. I mean, I'm even thinking like originality. I think more of when they created him, yeah. what made him different. Yeah. And he was just a detective that kind of wore tights and carried a gun. Like, they weren't even sure, <laughs> you know, what what to do with the guy. And he obviously developed quite a bit. Um, now, I will say that there's a lot of characters, like, he's in the top three for a reason. You know, there's a lot of characters that are developed with him as an archetype, you know, and they're derivative of him. But um, I, I agree. I, he dropped points for me at originality, personality, and powers. Now... 
in personality, I still give him an eight. Like he only dropped one or two points in each category. But um, but now that John mentioned that, I think that there's a versatility there. Again, it depends on who's writing it. Yeah. It depends on the context of Batman. And in that case, I would probably bump him up a couple points with um, personality. But then he would still be my number three, even if I gave him those points. So. Yeah, and see, for personality for me, I gave him an eight also. Because I feel like, yeah, it depends on who writes him. But Batman is pretty much always like the very serious character. Like, unless you're writing him really goofy, uh, like, which I understand, yeah. depending on what you're doing, if you're doing... He's animal, a straight man. He's so. a very straight man and everything else. Powers is... I gave him a six because, to John's point, he he doesn't really have powers. He has gadgets, and he has... He definitely is a hell of a fighter, but he has zero powers. He's just a guy. But I still gave him a six because I'm like, he knows how to fight in every fighting style there is, and he's a true detective and everything else. Uh, modern relevance. I think you're nuts to not give him the full points because he just had a movie that came out. <laughs> but hey, that's just. I probably <laughs> should have. I think. Yeah, I probably should have given him one there. Um, Again, I think even if I had done that, he would only yeah. maybe come close to tying with my number two. So. Um, originality, I do agree with you on though because I gave him a nine on that because I still think he is original, but at the same time, he was somewhat based off of some other characters like the shadow and things like that. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, he was my number three. Also, I have a feeling probably our number three, two and one are probably all the same, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. John, you're number two. Uh, my number two is Spider-Man. Oh, okay. Maybe not then. Uh, I had, a, <laughs> I, I, I had, uh, I, you know, we, I think he is going to make a, uh, he's going to return to a level of cultural impact with, could be in Civil War, the new movie coming out. He's got a great rogues gallery. I think back to that original version of him, high school kid who's a geek that doesn't fit in. That's that to me was very original. Kind of reading those old stories, and he's a conflicted kid. And anyway, yeah, he was my uh, he was my number two. I was not surprised okay. by that. Uh, Robert, your number two. My number two was Aquaman. Wow. No, no, I'm was just kidding. Not. I'm totally kidding. There's no way. I was going to say, whoa. <laughs> crap. No, not Aquaman. Sorry, Daryl. It he, was not Aquaman. He's like, you don't know about the Fisher uh, rogue and the... <laughs> no, okay. So my number two was Superman. That, that um, was my number two also. And it's there was a... Uh, as I'm looking across this, I mean... You know, it really kind of going back to Batman and then um, what John was saying about Spider-Man. Those were the only two people I gave a ten in Rogues Gallery. Mm-hmm. Um, with uh, with Superman, it, he's up there. I think I gave him a nine, but I, and I'm, as I'm looking at this, I might have maybe I dropped that to an eight even. Just I mean, obviously Lex Luthor, Brainiac. You know, there's there are quite a few really great Superman villains, um, but it's not. It doesn't have quite. The same impact as say like like the Batman's Rogues Gallery and Spider-Man's Rogues Gallery, which are just completely famous. But even like Flash's Rogues yep. are are more diverse and fun and recognizable to a certain extent. So it's like I might drop him in that point, but um, but he's so high up there in cultural impact. Everybody recognizes the symbol. Bankability. I mean, of DC superheroes, you got you really have those big three or four characters that their entire structure of what they can make money on is based on those three or four characters. Yeah. Um, and then of course, design of the character, you know, my top four and five are all tens for designs. Yeah. Um, when and then in personality, I gave him a 10 and I don't know why I did that. 
I gave him a nine. I gave him. I would drop him to a nine as I look at that. But I think so. My Batman and Superman are pretty tied at this point. If if I was going to go back again, those were like the first three or three or four that we were filling out. If I could go back and refill this out, those would probably be tied, and they'd be maybe one or two points higher in general. Yeah, uh, to, well, like I said, he was my number two also, Superman was, and uh, Rogues Gallery is where I gave him an eight, because Batman and Spider-Man, to me, are the two top Rogues Galleries in all of comics. Uh, I have a hard time deciding which one's better sometimes, uh, and to your point... No, I it's because it's different, though. Yeah, and, I, and to your point of what you were saying, I actually gave Flash uh, a nine for his Rogues Gallery, because I felt like his Rogues Gallery is even more iconic than Superman's, in the sense of having so many and so many identifiable ones, where Superman, like you said, you got Lex Luthor, Doomsday, Brainiac, and Mixoplick, and that's a like, <laughs> like outside of that, I'm like, okay, I could come up with more, but there, it's a little tougher then. Uh, it's, I mean, eight's still high. Um, and then Superman originality, I gave him, I actually gave him a seven in originality because yes, when he came out, he was very, you know, I would say it was pretty original, but. There's so many characters that wear tights and a cape now that I'm just like it. They're and they're all derivatives of Superman, but I'm like, is Superman really that original of an idea anymore? Um, now powers, I gave him. A, it's not anymore, but man, yeah. I mean, there were no other. Yeah. I mean, he set them all. I mean, back in what thirty yeah, six yeah, yeah. when it was crazy. I mean, there was just no other yeah. character. And now, of course, his powers grew to sure. Well beyond the way it was initially imagined, but well, and when um, you talk about powers, Superman and Supergirl, the only characters I gave a ten to powers for, uh, because okay. they have they have so many powers and so many abilities and everything else. I'm like, no one compares to other than to those two characters. So now, see, I, when I looked at powers too, were you thinking of just like sheer power, or there was some I gave I, I gave quite a few other people tens, um, kind of because of originality, like Green Lantern, I gave a ten. Uh, Green Lantern, I gave a nine to because of how powerful he is. Or no, no, I gave him an eight. Uh, the only other character I gave a nine to, or I gave a nine to for powers. Let's see, I gave Wonder Woman a nine. I gave uh, Spawn yeah. a nine. I gave uh, uh, Doctor Strange. I gave a nine because he's just got so many. Thor, I gave a nine. Mm. Um, but for me, powers when it came to Superman and Supergirl, for that matter, because the powers are pretty much the same. Um, yeah. It was. Not only power, but how many powers they had um, right. played a big yeah, factor for yeah. me. Like you have laser eyes, uh, X-ray vision, you have cold breath, you have super yeah. speed, super strength, durability. I mean, the what list goes on and on and on. So, um, so that's why I put them at a ten, and I was like, everyone else is kind of under that. So, um, right. for me. So, um, all right, number one then, John. Uh, number one for me was Superman. Okay. Uh, culturally, culturally, like you said, everybody recognizes the the S. He's been bankable for a long, I mean, forever. I think it's interesting as we talk about originality. I would argue that yeah, he is he is the archetype that multiple characters have been built yeah, upon. So, many. so how could you yeah. not say he is yeah. the most? You know, he he is the shining example everybody follows. I look at personality, and if I just read, if I just follow the the Christopher Reeve version, I love it based on that. And he was the only 10 I had, he and Supergirl, in terms of powers, because I, I read powers as abilities. And, you know, if I if I go through this list, Superman could destroy pretty much everybody on here, right? Yeah, I mean, just yeah. with something that he can do. You know, Batman can't do that. Uh, Sergeant Rock can't do that. Hawkeye can't do that. 
Mm-hmm. Right, he's kind of going through. So I, I was I was surprised he came up number one. But again, as we've talked about, as I just went through the individual bracket and started scoring him out, and, and you know he, he he beat Spider-Man by a point. Yeah. But I think the yeah. point, it was in powers and um, his rogue scoury wasn't as high. I, I had Spider-Man with the the highest rogue scoury. But uh, yeah, that's I, I think. And, and I, I've and honestly, I didn't have his modern modern relevance as high. Because I don't think, I, I well, I think what they've done with him in the last few movies is not what what I picture Superman to be. Mm-hmm. But anyway, but yeah, I just I, I it was a great exercise. It was fun to score him out, but and he and a little surprised, but he came out as my number one. Yeah, and Robert, I think you and I have probably the same number one then. Um, yeah, we were both Spider Man. So for me. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, things that really put him up on, on top, obviously, is max points for cultural impact, design of the character, rogues gallery, yeah. originality, um, personality. Uh, I even gave him high powers, but I think you guys might have been thinking of, like, this can maybe be defined a little more like power levels, mm-hmm. and you could rank it by power level. But I think there was just, like, they were so unique, you know what I mean? Yeah. Things that, that he could do. That just no weren't even do. being done by you know, especially at the time he came out, like just so different, like such a bizarre concept that works so well, you know, and and has been um, not recreated. You know, if you had anybody else that was like climbing walls and had spider sense or any kind of like danger awareness and was swinging around, like they would be obviously you know, just nobody even touches that because that's so Spider-Man. You yeah. know what I mean? Whereas you have. Tons of people that are mimicking Superman, right? Yeah. I mean, Spider-Man is so original, you can't even mimic him without it clearly being, you know, just so over-the-top derivative that just nobody does that. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's interesting to me, that aspect of it. Yeah. That nobody would even try to mimic Spider-Man because it's such an original idea. Yeah. And, and look, and the iconic look, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, Spider-Man for me was perfect across the board. It, with 10s and the 20 for cultural impact, it, the only place he dipped one point on for me was powers. Because, again, it was like, yeah. if I can comparing it, and it's not fair to compare it, but it, if I'm comparing it to Superman, his powers is just one point less than Superman. But powers-wise, I'm taking into consideration the fact that he's a, a scientist. You know, he, he, he created the web shooters and everything else. Uh, but you also have, like you said, the spidey sense, you have super strength, you have, you know, sticks to walls, all that type of stuff plays into that. And I'm like, so you have all these unique powers. Um, so, but like I said, when I compare it to Superman, that's the one place where he dipped a little bit lower. I mean, even if I was to give Superman a 10 for originality, Spider-Man would still beat him because he, he is, I feel like he is even more original than Superman was. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like personality wise, I gave him a 10 cause you got the Parker Luck. You got you know the, the, you know all that. <laughs> his plays banter, in, his yeah. Banter, like he's, he's, he's quippy. I like the fact that they got that right in the Civil War movie. I loved. Oh yeah, um, spot on. I now had you asked me modern relevance a few years ago, maybe not as much, but or bankability, especially with the bad Spider-Man movies. 
but now I feel like he's completely bankable. Again, like I said, with the Turtles, you can go to a toy store and see sections of Marvel superheroes, and there's a section just for there's Spider-Man. There's always Spider-Man. There's always a Spider-Man on the show. Like, yeah. Spider-Man in the Legends line of action figures, six-inch figures, he has his own wave of figures that come out. You have the Avengers line of wave that comes out. Yeah, you have, and then a Spider-Man wave. You have an X-Men wave, and then you have a Spider-Man wave. Um, yeah. So, like... Yeah, to, and he's got all all these spinoff characters. He's got this own Spider-Man family. Like like you said, John, if I was just to pick the character I think should would probably be at the top of this list of just without taking these categories in consideration, I would probably say Batman would be the top, but Spider-Man would be an extremely close second. But when you take these categories into consideration of everything, um, Spider-Man for me it was I was not surprised at all. Um, and like I said, he he got across the board, got top scores and everything except for powers, and that was only a one point dip. So, mm. um, so we're gonna wrap things up, but I I do want to ask like who was like maybe your guys' bottom two or three? <laughs> um, just because I well, think people um, are gonna want to know. <laughs> okay, so I, I want to say this, and I was. If, if it came to what I would read, it would be Sergeant Rock. Mm-hmm. And obviously, yeah. he is not a superhero. However, his rogues gallery is a 10 because he fought the Nazis. So <laughs> you, cannot, you cannot argue with me on that. I, I, was, I was not surprised on the, the, the lowest scoring. I'm just going to tell you my lowest scoring. My lowest scoring character on all this was Black Widow. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I, you know, I just... There's a character. They've been a character in a movie. I know there's a comic out there, but it did, I don't know. It, as I kind of go through the individual things, there's not a lot of impact. You, you know, they they prove there. I don't think they're going to make a movie about them. It just I wasn't necessarily shocked, but that was the lowest scoring of the bunch for me was, was Black Widow. But I do want to say, you know, Sergeant Rock is going to be number one in my heart, and that's only because again. He fought the Nazis. And he was a bad, <laughs> badass. But. Well, I will say Black Widow was number twenty-seven, so she was pretty low on my list too for uh, like bankability because they haven't decided to make a movie about her, even though I think they could. Um, Rogue's Gallery was really low for me with her originality. I didn't think she was all that original. She's a right. Russian spy, um, yeah. and powers. She was pretty low, but so. Uh, but uh, I, I hate to say it, John, but Sergeant Rock was my number thirty. <laughs> um, but it's, well, yeah, again, if I look at these, I mean, yeah. he is certainly the least. I, I you know, if you bankability, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, not, if you look at the context, re- relevant. Well, like you look a, at the context that we're talking about. Even you know, a Robin, a Black Widow, you know, these characters that aren't necessarily powered but have stuff. Sergeant Rock had a machine gun yeah. and was you know, more realistic. Than the others, so I totally get it. I mean, again, yeah. he he did not score well. He, he wasn't but, on, but on the bottom at, for me though because of his cultural impact. I mean, he was like the standard bearer for military comics for okay. a long, long time. So gotcha. that to me that raises it. And there are a lot of Sergeant Rock fans out there in the comics community. Outside of that, oh sure, yeah. I don't know how many people know about him, but so I I kind of gave him higher points than I'm positive that, than you had, and then. And then the other thing he had, I gave him a high marks on was his personality too. So I scored, I scored him there too. And again, he got yeah. ten for his rogues gallery because Nazis. Like, exactly. uh, like <laughs> so I that, said, that bumped him up for me. Like some of, the, I mean, I, I think my very bottom was, um, well, 
and again, I'm, I don't know. I'd go through and maybe readjust a couple of these. But I was I was super harsh on like Hawkeye and Green Arrow for some reason. I like both of those characters. I don't know why I was so hard on them. Hawkeye was a Hawkeye was a twenty was my twenty eighth character. So I'm... yeah, so I had him low. I think it's because when Jeremy Renner even makes fun of himself for being Hawkeye, yeah, you're like, well, you know, that's kind of rough. But uh, I had I had Conan kind of low on there too. Yeah, um, Conan was low I, for me. Also, he had a, he has a high cultural impact for me because of the movies, because of the comics. Everybody knows Conan the Barbarian. Everybody. Mm-hmm. But when you when you start looking at like powers or design of the character, the <laughs> yeah. compared to all these other juggernaut, you know, type uh, intellectual properties, there's he just doesn't compare. He's not in the same league. So I had, um, yeah, like Ghost Rider, you know, characters that people are aware of, but the movies that have come out haven't been that great. He's not marketable. You know what I mean? So yeah. again. Not that I have anything against these characters. It just it looks bad on this chart. Yeah. Uh, Ghost Rider, I will say, I, I gave him you know fairly low when it came to bankability. I gave him fairly low when it came to Rogue's Gallery, and I gave him pretty low, when, very low when it came to his personality, because I was just like, yeah, he doesn't really have a personality. Do anything, so. yeah. <laughs> um, the one that I think will surprise people where he is, but I had to be honest when I was doing my list, uh, Green Lantern was number 19 for me. Oh. Wow, that is surprising. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, what, did, I, what did you drop him so low at? So when so when I think of cultural impact, I gave him a fourteen because I was like, uh, yeah. yeah, that like it's still good but not great. Bankability, I gave him a five because that's his, what I did too. Yeah, because his movie really sucked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Modern relevance, I gave him a five also because again, the I don't think people are really um, looking forward to a Green Lantern movie. I am, sure. but. Uh, Rogue's Gallery, I gave him a five also. He's got Sinestro and Parallax, and I know all of his villains, but do people really know all of his villains? Yeah, see, I think that's this This is where it becomes a little subjective because, right. uh, again, I was putting numbers down based on who I knew. Sure. Not, I wasn't, I to be honest, and maybe if I did this thinking of the general public, yeah. my numbers would be different. Yeah. So I actually gave him, I mean, not like crazy high marks, but, but higher marks in, 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 um, rogues gallery. Well, maybe just one or two more crap for rogues gallery. If I was basing it just on me, I would give it a 10. Cause I know all of his rogues, but I was like, do yeah. other people really know his rogues? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, he was low there. Personality, I probably could have bumped him up more than I did. I gave him a 6. I probably should have gave him, like, a 7 or an 8. Because uh, when I'm basing it on Hal Jordan, I would say, you know, he's cocky and everything else. But then I'm just saying Green Lantern. And I'm like, well, do some, you know, Guy Gardner's got a big personality. But does Kyle Rayner have a big personality? Does yeah. John Stewart have a big personality? I don't know. Um, so I, I think I would bump him up a little bit on personality uh, than what I did. Uh but I went with my gut at the time, um, and then I think uh, originality. I, I I had a tough time with originality because I was like, okay, you've had a lot of different space core type things come out, uh, you know. So I was like, is it really that original? I don't know. Um, but uh, but yeah, well, like I, said, I was that's surprised. interesting because yeah, I'm I'm surprised he's that low for you. Yeah. I think you were starting to try not to be subjective. You were trying to be. I think so. Know, unbiased when it came to this one i gave him relatively similar marks with you until i got to originality personality and powers gotcha and part of that was because you know what he can create a construct of absolutely anything he thinks of yeah and one of the things i love about this is that not every green lantern is the same like the way that they've developed his character over the last you know decade 
being that like John Stewart's constructs are so different from Hal Jordan's, yeah. from Kyle Rayner's especially. I love the creativity that went into what he could do with his powers. Like that was pretty amazing to me. Yeah. And then originality that you know, how many other characters do you have, you know, legacy esque characters? Are their powers similar? Obviously it's a green lantern ring and it's based on willpower, mm-hmm. but are so so different. From yeah. character to character to character, there's nothing else like that. Yeah, you know, where it's a legacy character, you're thinking there's not too many other. You know, obviously DC has way more legacy characters than Marvel, but so originality, I thought, to be able to just think in your mind and something appears and it can be anything you think of, man, that just opens the door to be, you know, there's huge possibilities. Yeah. So I liked that a lot. Yeah, I think I was. I think I was. I think I was being harsh uh, because I knew he Probably. was my favorite. Uh, because <laughs> he was trying to make sure he wasn't number one. Because yeah. You're like, <laughs> right, and I mean, because I for powers, I wanted to give it a ten because I was like, he wears the most powerful weapon in the universe. Yeah, that's the thing. There's so many characters have said that. Batman said that. So many characters have said that, and so I gave him a ten for that. Yeah. But then also personality, I gave him high because his power is based on his willpower, which is part of your character, part of your personality. So it's yeah. like, if you're gonna say he has the most powerful weapon. He's got to have a high personality. All right, Green Lantern's <laughs> my number work. one. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I agree. The first like four or five categories, I, yeah. I mean, he just has not been successful for marketing and yeah. and other things. So that drops him low in this with this exercise. Now, but the last, I mean, I love the, the character, so yeah. that's part. of it. Now the good thing with it is that you know when you look at it, yeah, his movie wasn't wasn't successful, but he did have what two or three directed video movies, and then like I said uh, with Wonder Woman. There's not a lot of characters that have had their own directed video. There's been a lot of Justice League ones, but not like the solo characters. Um, so, um, Flash was actually relatively high for me um, because you a lot know, of that had to do with the marketing and the TV show. TV show, like, yeah, stuff like that. Um, Punisher was really low for me. Uh, you know, I got him for cultural impact and. Uh, a oh, yeah. so, somewhat high impact for bankability, but like when I got to Rogues Gallery and originality and personality and powers, he was really low for me on those. Uh, personality, yeah. I gave him a two because I'm like, <laughs> I don't know if he really has so a personality. I'm like, I don't know if he has a personality. <laughs> um, that's an interesting that you point out. I he was middle of the road for me for three reasons, like cultural impact because of his show on the or. Modern relevance because of his appearance on Daredevil. Yeah, and uh, design of the character because of the skull. It's there are a few, you know, I would say there's maybe a dozen superhero symbols that this anybody on the street sees it and they know what it is. Yeah. And weirdly enough, Punisher is one of those because yeah. he is not a mainstream marketable character. But you see that skull and you know it's a Marvel comic, and most people could pull out the name Punisher. Yeah, and I don't know how or why. Yeah, but it's just such a vivid. Uh, stark, iconic symbol. So, so he got high on design for me because of that. Yeah, he got uh, an eight for me on design, and he got a fifteen on cultural impact. And like what you were saying with the skull, when someone sees the skull on a shirt, yeah, they, they think of see him. It, no? That's why he got a fifteen on on cultural impact for me. But yeah, and see, he's got that he's got that going for him. But like uh, Green Arrow doesn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's Because of the show, he you people know him, but certainly before that, it's not like he has a symbol that's related. And yeah. you just immediately see it and know. Yeah, Green Arrow I gave really low for originality. I, I started off at a six, I went to a five, and then I went down to a four because I was like, he's basically just <laughs> he's basically Robin Hood. Chopping fast. I gave him a three, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and then uh, Rogue's Gallery for Green Arrow. Like, I know they've been introducing a lot of characters on the show for Green Arrow, but all those characters they've been introducing are actually Batman characters. Oh, they're char- yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> Green Arrow. Like, I actually dig the character. I oh, I do, too. His, his I love the friends. show, too. I love I, the show. I love the archery characters in general. I yeah. really dig them. Yeah. But, um, man, he scored so bad on this sheet for me because yeah. it was, like, so derivative or it was, like, yeah, exactly. Same reason. I was originality. I give it three. He's low on a lot. Yeah. Black Panther did... was middle of the road for me because uh, there was some things he scored really high on for me, and some things <laughs> he scored really low. Like Powers, he scored relatively low. Uh, Rogues Gallery he scored relatively low. But then like design a character, I put really high. And Modern Relevance, I put <laughs> high because of the new movie, and he's going to have his own movie. And um, I thought originality. I gave him a ten for Black Panther because I was like, he's the king mm. of Wakanda, and like he, you know, like this is a very unique character, and you don't see yeah. anyone else trying to copy it. Much like I was with Daredevil, I was like, the Black Panther is a very unique character. That's so. true. Hey, I'm curious. Um, you probably need to wrap this up pretty quick, but I'm yeah. curious. Uh, what did you put as the lowest? On, I, w- I want to see just from categories. Who is your lowest in design? Okay, lowest in design <laughs> was uh, Conan for me. Okay. Black Widow. Black Widow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My, I thought Conan was definitely low. It's just the loincloth. Yeah. And a buff dude. Um, but I actually had Luke Cage at two. <laughs> I had Luke Cage at a four. I had him at a three. And Conan because, was a three. And his yeah. first costume is just horrendous, and now he's just literally wearing a t-shirt and jeans. Like, it's so lame. Um, what was your lowest on bankability? Bankability, my lowest was Sergeant Rock. Um, mm-hmm. I gave him a one, because I just... I think if they did a Sergeant Rock movie, it could be awesome, but I don't see Hollywood clamoring to make a Sergeant Rock movie, unfortunately. I would go see it and would love it, but... As much as I love Spirit of Vengeance, I had Ghost Rider lowest as far as bankability. Okay. <laughs> for the record, Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance is flipping awesome. So. <laughs> but that doesn't mean it's bankable and it made any money. Right. <laughs> I think I had I had Aquaman as, as the lowest. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're going to do a movie, so I hope you're wrong. <laughs> I guess. We'll see. I hope it, I hope it proves you're wrong. Let's see. What about lowest in, I don't know, lowest in Powers? Uh, I have a few that tie for that. Sad Sergeant Rock Lois and Powers because, mm. or he's maybe, a, yeah, well, he's a soldier. I mean, he's a or, or, competent or soldier. Black, but. Yeah, yeah, Black Widow. You know, they're they're all kind of they they have fighting abilities. You know, they yeah. fight in the hand and that kind of thing. But they, yeah, Powers. She's got I the had, widow's thing, I guess. But yeah, Powers. I had uh, I had for lowest. I had uh, Hawkeye. Uh, actually, yeah, had Black, that, I actually had Black top. Widow as a four because, and him as a three because I felt like she at least knew some martial arts and everything else. Um, so I had Hawkeye, Conan, and they had the Punisher in there too because they're all they're just people they're fighting. Yeah, Punisher yeah. I at least gave a four too because again he knows like every military weapon there is. Um, so and he knows a lot of different fighting styles. Sergeant Rock I gave a three also. So there was the my lowest three were because uh, they all got a three was Hawkeye, um, Conan and Sergeant Rock. Yeah, um, I I didn't give anybody three. I kind of I put them in. I had a lot of four fives and sixes, and those were all the hand to hand combatants. Yeah, because I was like, if that's all they can do. But then, so I said, okay, look, if you're a hand-to-hand combatant, you're gonna get a four, five, or six. Because even a four, the crap out of me, 
right? Yeah. <laughs> so any of these guys would just beat the utter crap out of me. So yeah. like automatically they're you know, somebody's gotta be pretty crappy to have a one for powers or a two for powers in my opinion. Yeah. So um so I'm like so four, five, six uh, obviously, I gave like Batman a seven, even though he's hand to hand, you know. And I and but so in those in those ranges were like my Green Arrows, my Punishers, you know, all of those you know kind of hand to hand characters. Um, what was weird was I was looking at Connor's, my son's his uh, Avengers Encyclopedia book that came out just a few years ago. They had Hawkeye like at a level ten fighting ability. No. And yeah, I was like, this is wrong. What? This is either, out, of, out of ten. Oh, that's bananas! Yeah, I was like, crap. okay, this is either a typo. Whoever wrote this is just like a Hawkeye fan. <laughs> utterly wrong. There's no way they were saying he had uh, the ability to to literally hit any target, which was on the verge of like superpower ability, like an ability as opposed to it being a skill, right? Right. And then they said that he had uh, trained, but that he was trained by Captain America, that he had all these other experiences. I was like, no, like, yeah. <laughs> I don't believe it. This is horrible. I can't believe it. I was like, Connor, don't believe everything you read. This is wrong. <laughs> well, that's like anytime anyone <laughs> asks me who would win green arrow or Hawkeye, I'm like, it's green arrow because green arrow has been shown in the comics to be trained in a lot of different martial arts, plus different weapons, plus the bow and arrow. Whereas Hawkeye has been, yeah, he might've been trained by captain America, but he's good with a bow and we haven't really seen him good with much else. And, uh, Oh my gosh, there's a dozen characters, hand to hand characters that I would rank way higher than Hawkeye. Right. Um, it's crazy. I'm curious, who did you guys rank lowest in personality? Um, for me, it was Punisher and Conan. Cause Punisher. Yeah. I, was, yeah, I think I had Conan. <laughs> Conan's just yeah. like Punisher and Ghost Rider were mine. Okay. I love Okay. I wasn't yeah. too harsh on them. Yeah. Ghost Rider at least gave a little bit of personality. I mean, it was still low, but I gave a little bit of personality because Johnny Blaze himself at least has some personality, but um, even though Ghost Rider, the, the being, doesn't really. So. Yeah. Um, all right, well... Uh, I think we'll wrap things up with that. I, I, it was a fun, like to your point earlier, John, I think this was a fun experiment. Uh, and I think we did a much better job than Entertainment Weekly did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Suck it, Entertainment Weekly. <laughs> of course, they have a lot more people paying attention to what their list was than what we will be that's having. So. <laughs> maybe that's true. Maybe. Um, one last thing I wanted to throw out there, just as a total sidebar tangent thing, but just something real quick. We have not done any toy reviews in a very long time but just one toy i wanted to mention that i i had received recently and it's an awesome figure is i got the nathan drake figure from uncharted 4 that's in toy stores right now um and i i'm a big fan of the adventure type character so you guys know i've mentioned it many times i love indiana jones love laura croft and i love nathan drake um this figure is awesome comes with two different heads uh, it comes with uh, two different pairs of hands, comes with a couple different weapons, comes with like a grappling hook, two versions of the grappling hook, one that's closed that you can put in his hand, and the other one that has the string attached to it and everything else so you can hang them from somewhere. Um, uh, he has a lot of different he has a lot of different points of articulation and one of the things that they did that I thought was really cool was he does have waist articulation, but you don't see it because they put a rubbery shirt over him. Uh, so you oh, can okay. still bend his his chest and everything else, but you don't get the uh, like the, the, weird the visible line, yeah. bend, bend and line and everything else. 
Um, it's an awesome figure. I actually have a Figma Indiana Jones figure coming that's like a six-inch oh. figure, and then I have a Laura Croft figure that I think is actually like an eight-inch figure, so it's not the, totally the same scale, but I, I want to put those three figures together because I think that will be awesome. Uh, but I highly recommend the, the Nathan Drake figure. If you've seen it in stores and thought about it and were debating about it, it's a very, very cool figure. Um, it's gritty looking. It's it's perfect if you love the Uncharted games. So I just wanted to kind of mention that because we don't really talk about toys too much anymore, but it was a figure I thought was worth mentioning to, to everyone. So. Yeah, I want to I point out just one very quick figure yeah. line I'm starting to get is the same guys who did the he-man motu classics yes are now doing a subscription for the thundercats yes and those started coming in for me so i got the wily kit wily cat and lion-o and they are phenomenal they are so so amazing like same quality same general build you can tell but the the paint and the sculpt is so good i I, i'm really excited about it very cool very that's coming out now all right awesome uh well uh robert how can they find you and your stuff uh, for the most part, it's Robert Atkins Art on Facebook is my group page, Robert Atkins on my personal page. Uh, for Again, I'm posting a lot more on Instagram uh, because you can just, like Ryan was saying, just post a picture and, and then it'll share across the other platforms. So Robert Atkins Art on Instagram, Twitter. My blog is robertatkinsart.blogspot.com. Uh, that's it. Okay. And John, how can they find you? John Thurman on Facebook. John underscore Thurman on Twitter. Uh, I don't know when the next VA Comic Con is, but you can always uh, follow us there at vacomiccon.com. Okay. Well, you can find us at uh, starjoes.com. Uh, you can, uh, there's links to almost everything we have right there. I think there is links for everything we have right there. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. It's at Starjoes Podcast. That will give you updates on the Facebook stuff, the Twitter stuff, and the Instagram stuff. We are on Instagram. Uh, all I'm doing with that is I'm literally posting pictures and giving a short review of whatever comic I happen to read at that moment so you can find out how behind I am on a lot of my issues. Uh, but I'm catching up on them. Uh, and then uh, the YouTube channels out there, please go and subscribe. I think I, last time I checked, I'm up to 52 subscribers, which is pretty good starting off. Um, the first video had like 200, almost 300 views already on it. So very excited about that. Um, and that'll just grow as it's going on. Um, uh, and for those of you who don't know, I do comic, full comic reviews of stuff that is Star Joe's related on there. So, um, and I have ideas for other things to put on the YouTube channel. So it won't just be me doing comic reviews. There'll be other stuff as well on there. Um, and then, uh, let's see, you can find, you can email us at starjoespodcast at gmail.com. You can leave us a, fo- a voicemail message. It's 440-941-JOES, uh, 440-941-JOES. Uh, we have merchandise for sale. You can go to starjoes.com, and on the right-hand side, you will see a link for Star Joe's merchandise. You can get T-shirts, sweatshirts, coffee mugs, uh, everything with our logo on it. Uh, and uh, we're on Stitcher Radio, we're on iTunes, please leave us an iTunes review. That's about everything I can think of, and if I didn't remember something, we'll get it next time. Uh, So with that, we'll go ahead and close by saying the Force will be with you. Because knowing us is half the battle. Take care, everyone. (laughs) Awesome.